your final fucking season and you guys are still like there's still plot armor for almost every fucking character yeah like, like i get i get the, the jamie lannister's thing was circular and that he loved his sister he was actually in love with her so much that he just wanted to he would he would die for her and he literally did just holding her i get it it, it was an attempt at a beautiful moment but it would have been way more badass to see him die in combat or like throw his life away for something that means that meant something yeah you know what i mean yeah. i mean that's it's, his whole arc that they build up over 10 years is that he's like trying yeah. to like be something greater than himself and overcome his own selfish desires and in the end yeah. he just gives in to his own selfish desires it's like really did yeah, you just go us for 10 years for that it's like they try to build up that that moment at the end when he's gonna die but at the end of the day he's still a sister kisser and it still feels <laughs> fucking weird yeah yeah it's gross it's real gross. but the thing is like why is it that the hound and the mountain standoff was the one battle that i gave a shit the, the only thing yes. that had emotional weight to me in the final season was the battle of the mountain and the hounds. And even yeah. that, even that they, they kind of cheesed it. They made it so fucking like Clegane bowl, bro. Counts of Monte Clegane Crisco. Bowl. Like yeah. they fucking is terrible. I actually loved uh, that. I, I don't think it was perfect, but I did like it. I thought it was well done. I felt like it was like, I felt like they built this tension and it was like enough to go like, okay, that was a good ending. I would have liked him to see him have to uh, Clegane. That is like actually willingly, choose to uh, overcome his fear of fire it was more like he just tackled him through a wall and ended up in fire as some like forced symbolism but like i feel like forcing him to like make the decision to walk through fire to fight him or something would have been a little better but right. overall i still thought it was good and i agree that of the whole last season that's like really the only arc that was satisfying to me in any way well yeah. that, that was the thing though too like like aria had this incredible like there seems like there was so much lore written in the books about, and I haven't, I haven't read them. I'll be honest, I haven't read the books. I only read the but first there, one. But there's so much. Like it seems like like the the faceless men. There's so much deep lore behind them that we barely scratched the surface. And then they just they said they forgot all about it. They just didn't talk about it ever again. Like yeah. you're like you're a faceless man, but like you just did like a weird like World of Warcraft rogue move on the Night King. You didn't use any kind of like you didn't use any of your skill set except for the backflip and the stab. Really. <laughs> I actually like her. Her whole arc is like really enjoyable up until the faceless man arc. Then uh, I think it called, just gets uh, stupid. It was called really? eviscerate. Actually, <laughs> my, my, my whole my whole thing like like the, the minute I was like I hate, don't get me wrong I hated Game of Thrones for a while before like I remember I would post on Facebook about how bad it was. I was like you just don't like it because it's popular. Like no, I don't like it because it's taken a serious nosedive in quality. Yeah. And, uh, but like, but when they stabbed the Night King and all the other ones were just like, oh no, vampire rules. You're like, you lazy <laughs> hack writers. How is that your move? Did you oh get, no, vampire rules. Yeah, yeah. If you get bit by the Night King, you become one. Like, how does it work? Like, I know if they, if they touch, <laughs> if they touch you, you become, you become one of the, you don't become a white walker, but you become like one of the undead, like one of the mindless zombies. Yeah, not uh, even. It's just if you get raised by like the Night King or one of his like generals or whatever they're called, White Walkers. That's what well, they're I, called. Yeah, I, I think that's the Night King's the only who's actually. Uh, is, are they all necromancers confirmed, or is it just the Night King who can raise? You know, I, I don't think they ever really said. There's a lot of yeah, things they didn't say. Yeah, but I, I remember in, in season one, episode one, they say those who've been touched come back. Like, or not, not episode one, maybe episode two or three, because mm -hmm. it's when Jon Snow's on the wall. He like first gets he gets shipped off to the wall. 
uh, and he's talking to the, the one of the the guy who was the the head before. It, it, right. What's his name's fucking uh, dad or some shit? I don't. Fuck, I don't. Yeah, he, uh, uh, whatever his name was, Gregor Mormont or something. Jor Mormont. That was. Yeah, it. yeah. He talks about those who've been touched by the White Walkers. You have to watch out for them because they'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you how I told you how I captured that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was pretty great. I have the sound off, so you can't hear people screaming at me right now. But right. <laughs> they're they're pretty mad. Yeah, <laughs> they were. What pretty are you mad. doing? <laughs> uh, also, all I want to point out with Game of Thrones is that David Benioff and DB Weiss were rumored, and I think they are still in line to make some Star Wars films. Nope. Like they're supposed to be. Nope. Oh, they're not, not anymore. anymore. Well, you should be very thankful because they might have been reboots of the original trilogy. And the only change they would have made is that Luke would have just thirsted for Leia even after finding out she was yeah. his sister. You know, like, even found out she was his sister, then fucked her. Like on the, and he, on, the like, on the dirt on Endor, just in yeah, the and mud. And he wouldn't have told her either. With a bunch of Ewoks like, cheering yeah. on like the fucking sand people. That, that's where I was going with this. That's where I was going with this, Derek. Is that he would have found out, but he wouldn't have ever told her, and he still would have lusted after her, and we just would have known his dirty little fucking secret. Yeah, him, try, him, him trying to be a sister. Kisser. Uh, also, Han Solo would have bummed Greedo. Hundred <laughs> percent. Welcome to the Cynical Nerd episode eleven. That can't be how we started? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> Rebooting a dark and gritty Star Wars original trilogy, where the only difference. Is uh well two differences plus the one Scott talked about, but the only main difference is that Luke is a dirty, dirty sister kisser. And uh, uh, if George R. R. Martin wrote Star Wars, can you imagine what it'd be like? Oh man, don't want to. Uh, we'd still be waiting on episode six, so I don't yeah. know what you're fucking. True, true. We have all but, kinds but of. The stuff. good news is he died before we get episode seven through nine, so it's a win. Right. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> we wouldn't get six, but we wouldn't get the sequel trilogy either. <laughs> nope. We, we we would be have uh, Hollywood studios would be fighting over the rights to his estate so that they could take the properties and do what they want with them. Oh, is that, a, some, is, that, is, that a, is that a token dig? <laughs> uh, kind of, but more so just uh, studios are fucking greedy, and they would have been battling to get the fucking rights to remake them. Yeah. How are you guys doing today? How's how's it going? How you doing, Scott? Uh, good, man. Uh, I've been working a lot. I had a lot of fun last night. We played uh, Sea of Thieves together. We did our our third uh, Cynical mm-hmm. Nerd podcast, Coast Dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm really looking forward to playing some more games with you guys this week, man. Sea mm-hmm. of Thieves is incredibly fun. Uh, I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. And I literally, I literally, I'm literally like driving around at work, and I'm like, every time I'm really, I'm daydreaming about like, what island am I going to go to? <laughs> what I live are there gonna be, are there gonna be go some, tonight? Are there gonna be some scaly boys on that island? <laughs> Derek, how about you? How you doing? Uh, pretty good. Not not too bad. I'm a little sweaty, but other than that, you know, just uh, just holding up, doing well. I I agree with the assessment on Sea of Thieves too. I thought that was gonna be like a one off thing, and then we move on to something else. Feels like we might be on Sea of Thieves for a little while with these co streams because I mean we've it's kind of yeah. having a blast. It's fun. Yeah, we definitely have to hop in some squadrons though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw today. I saw an ad for that, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I have that now." Scott got that for me, and I still haven't installed it. <laughs> oh, for shame! For your, shame! Your homework tonight is to install yeah. squadrons and do the yeah. tutorial to hit yeah, one your, button your, after we're done. <laughs> your yeah. homework from Substitute Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> 
God, I would All be right. a terrible teacher. <laughs> You'd be the best teacher. You ever think back to like how many of your substitute teachers were very visually like it was obviously were hungover. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. You just didn't know because you were in, like second grade. Like, why is Mister Jameson all sweaty? Like, <laughs> like well, well, his name is uh, Mister Jameson. Take a fucking guess, kids. <laughs> uh, you're in high school and you're like, oh, 36 must suck. He's taking like twelve Tylenols this morning because he's headache. <laughs> like, I don't want to get old. That seems like it's going to be the worst. Yeah. Why does it seem hotter in here for him than it is for us? But also, like when you saw a substitute teacher who was like in their twenties, like this tracks. But like when you saw one like in his thirties or forties, like. That guy made some bad decisions. Yeah, this guy's fucking up a little bit, isn't he? <laughs> I, yeah, I should have listened to this guy about anything, let alone U.S. history. <laughs> yeah. The lights in the front of the classroom must be hotter than the ones in the back. It's so, <laughs> so weird. He, he won't stop sweating. Has anyone um, seen my Adderall, Mr. J? Have you seen my <laughs> it, was, it was in my lunchbox, and it's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seemed to disappear after someone pulled that fire alarm and we all had to go outside. Uh, we have a metric ton of weekend review stuff to cover. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Quite a bit, quite a bit. And then we have two things to talk about for our main topics. One of them very exciting. The other one very bad. And uh, mm-hmm. they are The Mandalorian mm-hmm. Episode 6 titled The Tragedy, which we now know. Also, I gotta say, I love that they don't tell you the title of the episode until the episode comes out yeah. mm-hmm. that the internet cannot speculate to high hell. Yeah. Um, so that's like a little, every time we start a new episode, I hit play and I'm like, Oh, the tragedy. Oh, what the fuck's going to happen? Oh, <laughs> basically what happens. Uh, and then we have a uh, fat man to talk about. So fat mm. man is a Mel Gibson film. Well, it's not a Mel Gibson film. Mel Gibson's the star of it. Uh, Mel Gibson, Walter Goggins. He plays, he plays Santa Claus. And uh, we talked about the trailer quite a few weeks ago and decided to watch it, even though reviews were, mm, let's say, less than enthusiastic about it. I would and say abysmal. <laughs> optimistic. Like, uh, like the Rotten Tomatoes rating is just a shit emoji. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big old poop emoji. Yeah. And we have uh, we have lots of thoughts about that. I have a feeling we're all going to feel pretty unanimous about it, though. But <laughs> to get started in the Week in Review news. Uh, there is a Super Nintendo World opening in Japan. It looks kind of fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. They have, they put out like a 47 second trailer. Uh, it's going to be opening in the Universal Studios Japan February 4th, 2021. It's real close. A couple months. Yeah. Yeah. And so my only question. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say my only question is when you buying your tickets. Uh, well, I, mean, I feel like now the ones the time. to Japan or the ones to the <laughs> theme park. Uh, all of the above. My, uh, my, I mean, it's I mean it's gonna be desolate, right? Like people are gonna flood in there in the heat of the second wave of a pandemic. But also, like when you like whenever you see uh, even just flu season in Japan, that everyone always has uh, masks on. Like for for yeah. decades now, they're all this. They all just are very socially responsible. Yeah. They, all, they all genuinely care about their health and the health of people around them. So I feel like if there is if there is one place you're going to take a destination vacation in the height of a of, of pandemic, Japan's probably your safest fucking bet. And while you're there, you can buy some panties in a vending machine like the fucking weirdo weeb jar. <laughs> oh, okay. We're striking hard at the weebs again. Uh, will they even like, allow line, but- Americans into Japan for the opening so. of this yeah, park? I, I don't think so. At they really, all. they really shouldn't. They, like, <laughs> we should, we should be, we should be grounded in our room until twenty thirty. Like honestly, yeah. Uh, like, in all seriousness, I, I think that you know, like I think it's March is like opening day, like just a couple months away. Uh, unless I read that wrong, February fourth, twenty twenty one. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I, I think like they themselves have such strict guidelines during COVID that I think that's going to be pushed back. Like their government's a little more iron fisted about their lockdown orders and they have incredibly low case amounts, but even still they're like, you know, remaining steadfast with it and telling people to stay inside. So I don't think this park is even going to open in two months. Uh, but if it does, they're not going to let us there. We can't go 100%. Nah. A lot of the world doesn't like us right now. <laughs> so I don't and think they're going to let us to the country, yeah. let yeah. alone the theme parks. Our country is that kid who didn't read the book and is trying to do a book report right now. Like that's, <laughs> that's who we are in the social, in the, in, we are like, to, yeah, to stay I was really yeah. good at that though. So bad analogy. I <laughs> yeah, will sneak into like, Japan okay. and get into super Mario World, super Nintendo world. Okay. We're the kid who like is trying to be friends with the 45 year old substitute teacher. How about that? Oh no. The guy who brings like a Snickers bar instead of an apple for that 45 year old hungover mess. You know what I mean? Like, and he's oh, like, here no. you go, Sean. Yeah. Uh, first name basis. <laughs> weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. That's, that makes it so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> but in the vacuum, the park itself looks incredible. Like this is the mm -hmm. exact kind of thing that I want to hate. But like upon looking at the trailer, I was like, that looks like a fucking blast. Yeah. Uh, my understanding is it's opening at Universal in Japan. So like hopefully yeah. it does well there. And so they bring it here. So we don't have to spend $4,000 to go to Japan just to experience it. But, you know, we'll see, um, I guess. To me, man, like that, it, it has like a weird, uh, like weird like plastic quality when you see like the outside when they showed the inside of bowser's castle when they showed like that wide shot like panning across the skyline all i could think of was super mario rpg yeah. you know like like with like I, I i just wanted to watch smithy fall out of the sky and pierce the, the roof of that castle i'm so excited when they <laughs> when they showed the, the, the statue of bowser at the top of the staircase dude i was like just take just take my money take my blood yeah take, <laughs> take my blood take take my blood and my cum just drain me and give me a plane ticket and and maybe a glass of orange juice because I'm gonna have gonna a really low pleasure. Little, little <laughs> You're gonna need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, up next, we have kind of kind of big insider uh, like corporate news. If it's true, so Collider right. is reporting that uh, multiple Hulu executives have been uh, have been leaving or let go from that service in anticipation of a potential combining of Hulu and Disney Plus into one streaming service under the Disney umbrella. So one, I didn't even know Disney owned Hulu, but not really a surprise because they own everything. They probably own my son and I'm not even aware of it. I probably signed some contract three years ago, whenever I bought something from them that said they get my firstborn. Uh, but this would be a big deal, right? Hulu has a lot of components in it that don't exist in Disney plus. They have live yeah. TV. Um, there's a lot of uh, commercials. Disney plus currently has none. Um, I, I don't know. I, my initial gut reaction is leave them separate. But I I'm really interested to hear you guys thoughts. This just came out today and we haven't talked about it. Uh, Derek, what do you what do you think about it? So uh, to be honest, I'm not really sure. Like, I think that in the past we've talked about how annoying it is that you have all these different stream services. And so, like, right. the idea of them sort of combining so you don't have to pay all these different monthly things and that you don't have to like, oh, is it on this app? No. OK, let's check that app. OK, not on that one either. Let's check the third one like right. that, you know, off the cuff seems like it would be good. But something about Disney being like having more of an umbrella over fucking yeah. everything is like terrifying to me. Like how yeah. much of media are they going to have a stranglehold on before we're all just like unknowingly Disney employees like it's I mean 
I think that when you have <laughs> competing services that offer different things, you know, they have to offer one has to offer something that's better than the other in order to split that crowd. So it's like, I know what I'm saying is contradicting itself because it's like, I'm talking about how things should be more unified, unified, but at the same time, you know, I think competition is healthy. So frankly, I don't have a solidified opinion on this just yet. Um, And since it's just a rumor and so there's not really a whole lot of news to go off of anyway, uh, you know, I think I'll just wait until more info trickles down, but I would say like my off the cuff thing is like, I'm not, too into that idea then again apparently they already own hulu which i wasn't aware of either right so i mean what would really change i don't know that's what right. i mean i'm just kind of waiting yeah. for more info to come if, like if they already own it then it's it's more like housekeeping to clean it up. you know what i mean yeah. like the other thing to take into uh consideration before scott gives his thoughts is that they would likely raise the price of disney plus right yeah. i mean otherwise they're going to lose revenue now obviously yeah. there's no fucking way they could get away with combining both prices into one so it would you know you'd probably pay a little bit more to get the features of hulu or maybe they would do like an add-on subscription because hulu lets you add on channels into it yeah i, I don't know like you said it's still a rumor but scott what do you yay nay you uh, about it? well i just start off by saying that whenever i hear that faceless nameless executives are getting fired it gets my cock rock hard <laughs> like like i like i could I could arm wrestle with my dick right now. I'm so excited to hear. I didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought I heard someone flick a tea kettle. It's I didn't. So weird. It's like, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that this was happening until I, I got home from work like 20 minutes ago and read through the updated uh, doc. And to me, like, uh, I mean, you already have so many services that come bundled, right? You have Spotify and Hulu for the same, like, for one unified price right now. If you happen to be a member of both and you haven't combined your linked your accounts yet, you can save probably five bucks a month by doing so. Uh, if it's are you a Hulu like that, salesman or something? I wasn't aware of that, so that's something I'm going to do. Like, yeah, that's yeah, also part yeah. of my homework now to combine yeah. those accounts. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's only five. It's only five bucks a month, but that's like half a pack of cigarettes, a couple cups of of coffee. Right. Uh, so I mean, it's you get more for your money when they when they do combine services like this, but it's also something where they allow you to have tier packages. Like with Hulu, you're allowed to do add-ons for this, this, and this. Why wouldn't they just do something similar with Disney Plus on Hulu? Right. Uh, I guess the answer would be because they want the big umbrella to be Daddy Disney. They don't want to have Disney feel like it's an offset of Hulu, but vice versa. Uh, As long as it doesn't affect the content, I'm all for it. If it's going to save me a few dollars a month, I'm already paying for both. If I can pay one price for both of them and it's a little bit cheaper, fuck yeah. Yeah. But the, the problem seems to be that there's speculation as to whether or not Disney would have the balls to acquire a lot of the properties that Hulu has done independently. Uh, there's a, there's a new uh, thriller movie run that just came out on Hulu in the, the last like two weeks with uh, the girl from American horror story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the one, you know, the one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's her, what's her fucking It's either name? the pretty young blonde or the is old the, pretty blonde. Yeah. The middle, the middle aged pretty blonde. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, Sarah. Uh, I gotcha. So yeah. 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 Uh, uh and there's, I mean, we talked about Palm Springs before, how great Palm Springs yeah. was. That wouldn't be something that I imagine would be in Disney's wheelhouse. I don't think that we would have, like, even the article says, like, that was acquired from Sundance by Hulu. And it's doubtful that Disney would have made the same move if they were in control of, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, of what, what was going on the platform. But at the same time, I feel like it's important that they differentiate because they now own, again, like all these rated R properties that have giant cult followings. And you can't polish everything and make it squeaky clean. To, to fit one image. If you're going to own everything, you have to be willing to produce and back and stand by everything that falls under that umbrella. 
Yeah, that's kind of and that's what I mean. Like, that's what worries me. And, and we've talked we talked a couple of weeks ago about, uh, you know, them acquiring. Now they have uh, the rights to Deadpool, of course. Yeah. And of course, that's the, neither of those were family friendly movies. And so, like, what are they going to do in the future with that? Um, those are the kind of things that worry me, like existing things. And n- not only that, but like new IPs that will, you know, never come to be just because they're deemed too. Right. Too racy yeah. or too yeah. gory or too, you know. We were worried about Deadpool 3 for that exact same reason. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, all right. I mean, like you said, it's, it's a rumor still, so we don't have a whole lot to go off of. But I thought it was worth discussing, uh, especially because it's in that kind of weird uh, spot where, you know, they already own both. So it's not really Disney sucking up more shit in the marketplace, but it still feels icky to me somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. Something feels weird about it. Um, OK, so moving on. We got some a uh, little bit of DC news here about the Wonder Woman film coming out in uh, in in December. Well, shit, it is December this month. Fucking less than twenty days now coming 19 out. Nineteen days, boys. Yeah, dude. Oh shit. Well, so there's eight, actually eight, eighteen days, six hours. <laughs> oh, five hours, know. thirty minutes. Sorry. Uh, okay, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> we can probably we, stop there. Yeah. <laughs> all I'm saying is, I have a, a countdown timer running on my desktop at all times. Uh, <laughs> So we were, I was actually thinking we were going to get some additional uh, DC news before we podcasted. That doesn't seem to be the case, but there is uh, a CCXP going on in Brazil. Well, it's virtual because of, you know, the pandemic, but it's typically held in Brazil. They it, it's usually uh, it's basically like their Comic-Con and DC has literally uh, Warner Brothers. Sorry, had a six hour block, a six fucking hour block. I mean, I know that Warner owns a lot of shit now. Because uh, they're under the AT&T umbrella, but the six hours seems excessive. But I, there's yeah. going to be a Suicide Squad panel, Wonder Woman's more shit. Uh, this particular article is about early critic reactions to the Wonder Woman film coming out. And I thought it would be nice just to gloss over them. I don't put a lot of stock in them because uh, if, you, if you guys might not recall, but as a huge DC fan, I sure as fuck do. The early critic reactions to BVS were pretty positive. Like the tweets, we were like, oh, blah, 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 just got out. And then the reviews came out, and then the film came out, and that was not the case. There's so a lot, of, uh, a lot of bandwagoning, though. People hated it because everyone told them they should hate it. That's true. I mean, there yeah. definitely is, was bandwagoning there. Um, I mean, there's also a lot wrong with it, but there was yes, definitely a lot yes, of bandwagoning. Right. Um, the people, people were definitely piling on. If you look at, like, BVS versus, like, scores of other superhero movies, like Wolverine Origins, X-Men uh, Wolverine Origins... <laughs> Like which even, one? Do you even think? even yeah. just the Wolverine was fucking terrible. <laughs> like L- Logan, yeah. Logan is the only good one he's been in besides. Like, what oh, but it? Logan is so good though. Yeah, well, Logan I mean, is incredible. Logan was always really forgiven he's a, after Logan. He's always been good as Wolverine, but oh, the movies he's, he's been, been in—it's just the movie been, around yeah. him that's just rotten fucking cheese yeah. sometimes. Yeah, like I, like I I did enjoy Days of Future Past. I did enjoy, oh, uh, yeah. you know, but but. You know, even that you're just like that you ruined, you fucked up everything. Like this is supposed to be Age of Apocalypse. What are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, so the early tweets look pretty good. It, from all by all accounts, and I'm not going to read through a bunch of them, but by all accounts, uh, it looks that if you enjoyed the tone of the first one, if you enjoy enjoyed sort of the uh, like aspirational, you know, heart, hope, that kind of cheesy, over the top superheroine sort of sentiment, yeah. that this one will deliver that. Um, it'll show her saving people, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't forget. Uh, uh, she, all you need to know about this movie is that the Invisible Jet's going to be in it. So oh, that's like, sweet. 
Is it though? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Temper your expectations just yeah. a little bit. It's, yeah. it's one of those things where you hear it, and my initial reaction is going, "Oh, really?" And then I think about it, I'm like, "Man, that's kind of fucking stupid." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, but like, truth be told, like, if she opens the cockpit, you just see her, her disembodied head floating through. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. Know. I'm, I'm about that life. Or is it? Or is it the other way? Is it that cheesy side thing where you see her just kind of like sitting? That's how yeah, they still in the air. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like you it's, it's not an invisible jet if we can see you sitting there, bitch. Like, <laughs> like What if her whole career she didn't know other people could see her and yeah. they were so embarrassed for her that they never mentioned it. So, she's, so like, she's like this whole time. She's in there like picking her nose and eating it and shit. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> singing Mariah Carey songs like all animated with her hand motions. <laughs> People are like, what the fuck's wrong? Your real world makes somebody to stop like to do something so disgusting that you get uncomfortable for them and they don't even know you're watching them. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, yeah, so the, the, the early sentiments seem to be that it's a good film. We'll see if that turns out to be true. I, I have such battered expectations for DC films that if, if it's even at like a like a 60 to 70 Rotten Tomatoes, like a jit, like more more good than not, I'll be happy with it. Like, just be a dumb blockbuster. Do some cool shit in it. Uh, don't be overly, overly corny or overly cliche. And I'll, I'll probably be uh, pretty excited about it. But you know. it seems like from those reviews, like people are saying, like, it's a little cheese, but it kind of knows that it's cheese. And yeah. I think that that's a really important distinction. Like when a movie is cheesy and it's trying to be serious, that's when it's unbearable. Yeah, but right. if a movie is cheesy and it kind of like knows it is and it uses that as like a tool it's infinitely more enjoyable. So I think as long as they like knowingly we're leaning into that. Yeah. Um, I think it'll work out as long as that tweet is accurate. In other words, then yeah. we, then yeah. basically, because I, one of them had mentioned that uh, they were like, if you thought the, you know, uh, no man's land scene in the first film was powerful. If you liked that symbolism, then there was another scene in this film that was like even better. And I was like, well, first off, how? Because that, that scene was actually pretty good. Uh, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. I actually could, could watched the first one only one time in theaters and I've, uh, I'm going to watch it again before, yeah, before yeah, this same. one comes out, but I liked yeah. it. I actually thought it was really good. Like I, I was surprised. I thought it was going to be dog shit and I actually really enjoyed it. So I think I, I watched the, it like twice. The Sorry, first one is yeah. a little, no, you're good. Uh, the first one is a little long winded though. Like it is. A, and, and people have been saying that this one's really long. Like Pedro Pascal is incredible. Kristen Wiig's transformation is really interesting, but it's all, they're also saying like, it's, like you're, you're gonna need a pot like Derek you're definitely gonna need multiple potty breaks you're lucky yeah. that it's playing yeah, at that's home where you can pause it <laughs> uh, thank you HBO Max <laughs> yeah. best thing that ever happened to me yeah HBO Max chills boys well that actually leads us right into our next topic which was the huge fucking bombshell I really do feel like mm -hmm. they're secretly paying me and I don't even know it like somehow I've been an un like they've implanted a chip in my brain that tells me to mention HBO Max every time yeah. we have a fucking podcast because we have talked about them quite a bit but they just dropped some huge fucking news Warner Brothers announced that they will be releasing all of their 2021 films on HBO Max and theaters simultaneously and not charging any additional money in HBO Max. So before I let you guys go, the thing that surprises me most about this is not that they're doing this, because let's be real, like the industry is changing and there's nothing holding movies back from being available to stream. Like the surprising part to me is that they're already they are already saying right now, it's December 2020, that they're not charging more for HBO Max. I was surprised that they mentioned that. 
I thought they would have, if nothing else, not mentioned it. So if later on they realized they were losing yeah. a bunch of fucking money, they could yeah. go, oh, by the way, there's a premiere access thing to get the rest of these movies. Um, that was, I would actually say, like, startling to me. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, OK, you actually said in that press release you're not charging more for all next year. OK. Uh, yeah, really, like, like, movies that haven't even wrapped shooting yet. They're already telling them how they're going to be on there for no extra charge. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I mean, we're not talking we're talking all of their films and we're not just talking some of the stupid ones like Tom and Jerry and Judas and the Black Messiah. I don't even know what that is. That could be great. I have no idea. Denzel Washington's in it. So cool. Um, well, Derek but, hates Denzel Washington, yeah. if you remember correctly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just okay. for his just for his acting. Just that's the yeah. only reason. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. it. It begins and ends there. That's the only reason. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Uh, but we're talking, you know, we're talking films like Dune. The suicide, well, which uh, we all thought the trailer was me, I guess. I guess you guys didn't really like it, right? But I thought no. it looked kind of interesting. But now I'll actually watch it, so. You already have it. Uh, they're already, the new the new Conjuring film, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, they're making a new Space Jam film? A yeah. new legacy? Uh, but wait, yeah, wait, wait, suicide- wait, wait, wasn't that supposed to be with Kobe Bryant? Well, it's not now, I can tell you that much. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Chris's face there when you said that. <laughs> no, no, but no. But I don't like, think it was with Kobe Bryant. I can't remember who it was. I don't follow basketball enough, but uh, Chris will be a basketball coach one day, but he might be able yeah. to tell us. Yeah, um, I don't think it was Kobe Bryant, though. OK, but I also don't believe that they're not going to increase the price of HBO Max. I, I don't I don't believe that for a fucking instant. I think that like not doing that would. uh and by the way, like AMC is already talking about like suing. Um, I don't know if it was HBO Max or Warner Brothers or what, but like they're not happy that they're doing that because they're essentially drawing what little people they have. Away. That's how they see it anyway. What little people they have that would show up for those movies. They're drawing, you know, let's just say 50 percent of them away. So they're like forming some lawsuit against them. Yeah. Um, so I think that to compensate for those kind of things, they are 100% going to increase the price of it. And I think that they're going to sell it as like, oh, it's only for this year, guys. Don't worry. And then at the end of the year, they're going to 100% just keep it that price without all those extra benefits of like theatrical releases being on the app. That's my very cynical, very pessimistic prediction for how this is going to go down. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the 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 thing that we can all really just look forward to is that the matrix four available HBO max. Of course. Who's We're letting them do that? <laughs> uh, like, does this mean we have to sit through three more of these things now though? You know, like, like, are they going to make another trilogy? Cause like, you know, like the matrix, I thought the ending was lackluster. Like, Oh, this is just an infinite loop. That's going to happen forever. Fuck you. Yeah. That's eight hours of your life. You'll never get back. Eat shit. Suck a dick. And you're like, <laughs> like, all right, well, at least the special effects were kind of cool. But what was yeah. up with those? El- what was up with those albino twins? Yeah, that was terrible. Those white guys with dreads. Every time there's a white guy on dre- with dreads on screen, I just want to break my my Vizio so fucking bad. I hate it. <laughs> Every time I see white guys with dreads now, I think of Andy Samberg yeah. doing like this, the Rastafari thing. This, this is one of the many Monday reasons I'll never go to a Dave Matthews concert. And why is it in my house now? <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, worse than on your screen is when they're just right in front of you, telling you how to live your life and do more yoga. Oh yeah, then, yeah. then you can smell them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't <laughs> like them and the dreads. You can smell yeah. both of those things. I'm sorry, fam. I don't. I don't take advice from anybody who doesn't wipe their ass every time they shit. You know what I mean? Like that's a must for me. If you're gonna be my life coach, 
I need, I need, I need to buy some wet naps right now, friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like right now, <laughs> just dab it under the armpits once around the balls, and then back through the, through the crack, like right under there. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, you, the you, whole description for the podcast this week is going to be uh, Scott gives instructions on how to properly wipe your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that a grown man wouldn't need it, but if you've ever been around a wook, like in a, in a guitar yeah. center somewhere, he like shuffles over next to the seven strings to like stare at him for 25 minutes. Yeah, uh, there's you, clearly you just, only like a bi-monthly ass washing with those kind of people. Like they yeah, don't think yeah, it's yeah. necessary to do every time they're in the you shower. Can, you can smell them from like an aisle and a half away in Guitar Center. And there's always like eight of them in Guitar Center. I don't know if they work there or live there or what, <laughs> but there's always like, there's always at least a minimum of like four white guys with dreads in every Guitar Center I've ever been in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so to cap off this news <laughs> that now quickly got derailed by white guys with dreads. <laughs> like they always do, those motherfuckers every time. <laughs> Right? Uh, How do we even get to that? The Matrix. Uh, The Matrix. Matrix. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, here at the Cynical Nerd, we know how to thread the needle, boys. Uh, It's worth noting before we shift uh, to the next subject that Warner Brothers has uh, also made it clear that this is only a 2021 solution. They want this in place for... The 2021 releases so that people do not feel pressured to go to a movie theater when we're in the middle of a pandemic. And for that alone, I would say good job, because we're actually sitting here arguing about how we're concerned Warner Brothers is going to lose a bunch of money. And the company is making a decision that we should all applaud. And we all do applaud it. Don't get me wrong. But um, it's it's it feels strange. It's almost like, what's the catch? Like, what do you what are you guys playing at? Did I? You know that I unknowingly stumble into a contract. I think so. Uh, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm very happy be- in the short term. Uh, yeah. But I think that it's going to have like really long lasting uh, ramifications on the movie going industry itself. It, that's my only concern. But I guess that's what comes second. I mean, this is clearly happening uh, unless whatever this lawsuit is results in them sort of peeling back. You know, I guess we'll just have to see. Uh, I, mean, okay. I, I think they, they do stand to lose a lot of money doing it this way. Like I, w- I would have happily. For most of those releases, paid like ten to fifteen dollars a piece to rent them yeah. on demand. Uh, but it's one of those things where I think if Warner Brothers does lose money on this endeavor, which is made it totally in good faith, like they're trying to make sure people can see their movies. They, they know that people don't have a lot of, of media to you know really enjoy right now. Right. I think, it's, I think it's one of those things where if they do get in, into a shitty position because of this, we need to back them up and see whatever dog shit they put out as a thank you, honestly, because like no one else is doing this. They're kind of like leading the way. They're doing what Disney should have done with some of their other movies a year ago, almost or yeah. nine months ago. Right. Like right. We've, we've made jokes about them postponing Black Widow. It's a, it's a filler movie. That we've now waited a year and a half to two years to see. You know, it's it's releasing a year after it was supposed to. And nobody even cared last May. You know what I mean? Let like, me yeah. let me just reiterate, because I have me being the optimistic one, have so much hatred for this film and I haven't seen it. And look, at by all accounts, it may come out and be very good. Not good. I don't think so. But. It very well could be, or at least it could be in, it, just a popcorn enjoyment film. But I could not give a shit less about a character that we have seen fleshed out in countless Marvel films to date. Like, sure, I don't know everything that's ever happened to her in her entire life. And maybe the story of what's going to be told in this film is interesting. But we've seen her character arc for years. And yeah. I don't give a f- like you're, you're talking about delaying a picture to fill in backstory for a character that has had backstory and character just throughout every other Marvel film. Yeah. Like, I, 
And she's, and, and she's fucking dead. So who gives a shit? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's done now. We know how it ends. Like, I feel like I'm going to be reading my great grandfather's Civil War diaries or, or World War II <laughs> diaries. You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't give a shit. Like, I know how it's like we talked about before. Like, we know how it ends. Like, no one's a diehard black. Well, someone is. But diehard black widow fans. Someone even, is. It, yeah, like, like one, ever, literally one person out there. There's only one. one. There's one. <laughs> If you're listening to this podcast, then fuck you. Yeah, you're gonna like, like, with the weeps. I, I, need, I need to make it clear that I'm not. It's not that I don't like her because she's a woman. She's she's a badass character. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But, but I have I have about the same level of interest in seeing her backstory fleshed out further as I do for Clint Barton. I don't give a fuck. They are right. they are, they are C listers put in there with A listers to fill fucking slots because they don't have the property. They didn't have the properties to all the X Men at the time. That's why right. we had Black Widow. And fucking Hawkeye, and they, like I, they were in the Avengers canonic. I understand, but they're not. They, you think if they could have got fucking Wolverine in there or Spider Man, they would they would have done that by now? Well, I mean, they they did with Spider Man. Yeah, you yeah, get my fucking point. Yeah, but Hawkeye is like the everyman, man. He's, he doesn't have any powers, man. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Hawkeye. I hate Hawkeye so fucking much that I banned his name in my Twitch channel. You cannot type nice. the word Hawkeye yeah. in chat. And the thing is, like, even Bullseye. Remember that horrible fucking the Daredevil villain? He had like the fucking thing carved into his forehead. At Dr. Least, Manhattan symbol, yeah. Yeah, at least at least Bullseye never misses. Hawkeye isn't even like, he's not even like, I never miss. He's just like, I'm pretty good. Like, I'm all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, but, but all, this but one, all this my, one explodes when I shoot it. Yeah, yeah. I that's, like that's a bunch of ribbons so make sure, for winning archery competitions when I was a kid. Just, yeah, yeah. Trust me. My, my superpower is that I can hit a bullseye. Uh, this is my, this is my itis arrow. It makes you real sleepy. Watch out for that one. His his like resume, his application to the Avengers was like his blue ribbons from a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and, like four, two of them were runner up Tony, Tony, I won my fourth, fifth, yeah. and sixth grade archery competitions. Uh, seventh was yeah. only second place. Seventh was only second place. Yeah. I was I was uh, part of the 4H organization for twenty years, Tony. <laughs> I can also milk a cow. That helps. I don't think that would, but I can. The, the, the last thing I want to—I know we're trying to move on. The last thing I want to say about this this uh, uh, HBO Max, you know, uh, Warner Brothers releasing everything on HBO Max is this concerning the AMC lawsuit. I actually hate the fact that they're kind of whining to the point where they want to sue someone over this when they—we're yeah. not talking about like a local theater. This is a this is a mega corporation. Like yeah. They have the infrastructure. Oh, yeah. They could they could make the decision to just. Make an app that, you know, if you pay yes. this amount of money, you can watch uh, a, a, thea- a movie, you know, a theatrical released movie at home over a period of two days or something. And I would happily download that app. I would happily pay the money to keep that industry alive so that when this is all over, I can have that regular movie going experience again. But they don't want to do that. They just want right. people to risk it and show up. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that. So right. when you have like a company that has the fucking money and has the infrastructure to do this and they just choose not to, and they just want to sue someone else over, yeah. you know, their decision to find their own solution. It's just like, all right, well, I just kind of lost a lot of respect for you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's adapt and overcome or die. Yeah. Like literally like how many small businesses have gone, have gone under because of this. Because of government mandate, they couldn't even open their doors. Yeah. While, while bigger corporations have been allowed to remain essential and remain open, how many small mom and pop grocery stores? You know, uh, right. like like it's it's. Yeah, and they didn't have the choice. That's the that's the yeah, distinction. Yeah, that, that, like, yeah, yeah. That the distinction is people who have worked their entire lives to, to start something for themselves have now lost that in a matter of, of nine months with no control of the situation. 
these guys have the means to do something about it, to affect change and, and revol revolutionize their, their industry in a way that makes them a viable contender still. But the problem is they're not doing that. So WB's going around. They're going around them to HBO Max that's willing to do that. Yeah. yeah. Service. The, I mean, the lawsuit does kind of, it, it actually angers me when I think about it. And I, I know we've been spending a lot of time on this, uh, partially because of the tangents, but because it, it's it's kind of a it's a kind of a big industry move and yeah yeah when I when I read the the lawsuit and it, much like Derek said I was like who the who the where what ground do you have to stand on that's not your company yeah, yeah. they're doing what they want with their properties yeah. and you're bitching because look like w we never knew how long this was going to last for right so but instead of taking the opportunity to reinvent yourself or make an app like you were talking about to offer people new ways to give you their money you just hunkered down. And crossed your fingers and took government money and hoped that things would pass quickly enough so that things could go back to normal as opposed to you evolving and moving forward. And now that it looks like you're fucked because you didn't do that, you're trying to sue another company who has no real obligation to you besides the fact that you have a mutual relationship because you're both you peddle the shit that they make yeah. like it pedals the right word too. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. Ticket, you fucking assholes. <laughs> yeah, well, we know, we know. You're, I, yeah, I would love to go to a movie theater and get some delicious food if they weren't all twenty bucks a piece for like a twenty dollars for like a fucking hot dog and a bun that's like three sizes smaller than what I would buy in the grocery store. Yeah, and also that raw hot dog. You, know, you ever seen that, yeah. like, that, that last Seven Eleven hot dog? You're like, who's gonna eat that? You know what I mean? Yeah, but if but you're they, drunk, you you do. You're yeah. the one who eats well, that. Have you ever have you ever seen like the last taquito spinning? You're like you try to imagine what the person who's going to buy that and eat it looks like, and like what what, what the I've rest never of their, played that game, what, what, but now what I the, will. What the rest of their yeah. day is going to be like? Like when will the violent diarrhea strike? What will they be doing? What do they do for a living? They don't have a job. What am I talking about? They're going to be at home reading a comic book on the toilet already, and just be like, oh, there it is. <laughs> and it's going to come out just the way it went in. Yeah, whole. It's eating that, that, if you're eating that 4.30 a.m. buffalo chicken taquito from 7-Eleven, you don't, you don't have any moral obligations you don't, to society. You don't have any real responsibilities, clearly. You just have to put bets on how dirty the inside of their microwave is. It's pretty much about... Oh, God. We're, we're, talk, we're talking idle hands, post-hand microwave. <laughs> oh, good reference. Yeah, yeah. You pulled that out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. You back a little Look bit what there. I that was good. Idle hands reference. Where, where Seth Green puts the, puts the burrito, he's like, burrito, burrito. <laughs> I'll fucking dance. <laughs> Dude, idle hands would have been a perfect Halloween movie to watch. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, we can, I mean, we can still watch it just because mm -hmm. we want to. Uh, I, I actually, so just so you guys know, everyone listening, and I know it's a weird place to, to take a little break, but we have had a Patreon account, and and then we had a conversation. We had one patron. Thank you, Fids. Thanks, Fids. Uh, we love you, Fids. We, we got $5 from you, although I did send it back to you because that's not right. Um, we put, we did, watch, we started off with watch-alongs, and the watch-alongs, we had a fantastic time doing, and they were very fun, but one person had access to them, and we're a new channel. This is episode 11. We want people to be able to see our content. Otherwise, we can't grow the audience. So those watch alongs are going to be released on YouTube. Now, just keep in mind, they were recorded a couple of weeks ago, in some cases, a month, more than a month ago. Uh, I think both of them at this point have been. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's December and time doesn't matter because of the pandemic. But uh, we're going to be putting them out and we're going to continue to do more of those and put them up on YouTube in the future. So, I mean, I guess I'll just take a minute because we're about 40 minutes in and just say, hey, uh, Facebook.com slash cynical nerd. Uh, you can check us out on Twitch and Twitter. Uh, we're straight. We're doing co-streams together. Uh, we are the Schmeg nerd on Twitter. 
We're trying to post funny things, but we keep forgetting to actually post funny things. Uh, we just keep sending them to each other on a personal level instead of like. You That's know, really what them. we should do. Like all of your memes, all the shit posting memes, just fucking Twitter account. Yeah. Um, yeah. A hundred percent okay with that. Like, if that's all the content that it ever puts out, <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. Um, and then where you the know, line is because there's some stuff I send to group chat that I wouldn't yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just gotta dive in sometimes, figure it out. You know, sink or like, swim. Like, like the Tom Hanks, uh, Bell Del Dapine Delphine. Yeah, no, that, that's, Pal- that's Pal- perfectly Palpatine. appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Episode ten. But uh, yeah, if you want to ask us a question, it's, it's hashtag AskTCN. Uh, you can email us at questions at thecynicalnerd.com. And we're doing co-streams currently Wednesday nights, uh, 8.39 p.m. Uh, but anyway, back to what we were talking about. So I'm going to move along from that Warner Brothers article. Yeah, the next one. It. Yeah, we, we spent <laughs> way more time on it than I thought. Yeah. I was, it, was, it was good fodder for fucking tangents. Yeah. Uh, the next one in the pipeline is Bioware. And it's, oh, it doesn't sound very good. Uh, Bioware has announced the departure of the lead of the Anthem. Uh, sorry, has announced two departures for Casey Hudson and Mark Dara, and now the person who was in charge of the Anthem reboot, whose name was Christian Daly, is being put in charge of the new Dragon Age game. And it sounds like there's a bunch of upheaval going on in Bioware. So really quick before I tag in Derek to start off, Casey Hudson, widely known as the guy who was um, you know, at Bioware for a long time. He was the head of a lot of great games, right? Like Casey Hudson, he was the guy in charge of... Shit, was he? Does he do Dragon Age originally, or was Casey Hudson Mass Effect? I, I all I know is that he did the original Mass Effect trilogy. Like he was. That's the, that's okay. That's what, I, off. that's what I was thinking of. Um, he left and then came back and is now leaving again. Uh, Mark Dara, I don't know who he, what he was in charge of, but um, I mean, this is not this is not great news. Um, besides your thoughts on Anthem. I mean, having That's someone exactly like, I was gonna do. <laughs> yeah, besides, besides your thoughts on Anthem, Anthem, like having Hudson leave, uh, I don't know what Mark Dar has done. I know he's the one who was in charge of Dragon Age and now it's not. Um, Hudson was really widely respected in the industry and him coming back to Bioware after they did Andromeda seemed like a really positive thing for the studio. And now I, I don't know. Um, Derek, how'd you? So I, you know, frankly, I don't have a whole lot of stock in Mass Effect. Like I said, I'm waiting for the the legendary edition to play through them like in its entirety uh, for the first time. I played through one years ago, two uh, years ago, and I played the first half of three. I don't know, probably 10 times and like something always popped up and I never (laughs) finished it. Um, I my uh, beautiful, wonderful girlfriend, though, is probably the biggest Mass Effect fan that has ever lived. Um, and my understanding is that like Casey Hudson uh, leaving the team is why a lot of fans attribute Andromeda to being as poorly received yeah. as it was. Oh, absolutely. Um, even though they fixed a lot of the bugs in it, apparently, apparently the story just didn't hit the way that the original trilogy did. Uh, and right. I can speak for, you know, I, I don't remember specifics, but I remember things about what I played of them being really good, like really memorable moments. Um, and my understanding is that Andromeda really doesn't have any of those. And so him coming back was like this shining beacon of hope in this like, you know, awful fucking fate that the series has suffered. And now him leaving, they're basically all like, all right, so there's really no reason to even play the one that they're working on now. Like a lot of them are right. sort of abandoning ship. Um, I think for the the remakes or remasters that they're doing, rather, uh, you know, the, the story's already written. It's already made. I, I'm not too worried about them personally. Obviously, like 
they could still fuck it up. I mean, we've had, we've seen underwhelming remasters in the past, but um, I'm not personally too worried about that, but him leaving basically again, you know, based on her word and the word of other people, other fans of the series, I think that you can kind of count on the next mass effect game to not be so great now that he's departed. Um, as far as, uh, what's his name leaving dragon age. I really, I have no stock in that whatsoever. I don't know a lot about dragon age. I played the first one. It was okay. Um, I tried to play the third one, but something just never quite clicked with me. Uh, and lastly, Anthem, there's no reason for me to ever believe that that is going to amount to anything whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I basically think that Bioware must have made a bunch of really fucking bad decisions and they probably have extremely dark days ahead of them because essentially the people like the, the last standing like bastions of, of, you know, creators that people, their fans liked are now gone. Um, so I, I I think some, some bad stuff is going to follow this. That's about it. Yeah. Scott, how about you? Uh, I mean, first off I have to do the, you know, Obligatory shitting on Anthem. It's fucking awful. Uh, but putting what a putting, boring game. Yeah, like what what a boring, pointless slog. Like somehow you took everything that was that was actually fun about Destiny and sucked the fun out of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah like like it's it I mean it's it's was stylized very well. The world was beautiful, but there like there's this gorgeous world in front of you, and nothing you do in it is any fun at all. Uh, so to me, putting putting the guy like putting Christian Daly, the guy in charge of the reboot, in charge of an even larger property like they need to frame him for murder and put him in prison like he needs to be taken out of the equation is there's no fucking point uh i frame him for murder and put him <laughs> in prison yeah yeah like i hope somebody frames it like <laughs> honestly though like i don't i don't really have an invested interest in anything that that they put out if i'm being entirely honest like the dragon age games are so massive and overwhelming but at the same time underwhelming in a lot of ways for me yeah they're bloated uh, yeah, there's too much, and like the thing is, Mass Effect is the remaster is the one thing I'm really interested in because, uh, you know, I like I said before, I, I never managed to get through them. I've heard great things. I'm sure that if it was you know updated and the controls were, were were reworked a little bit, I'd probably enjoy it. But there's also a fifty fifty chance that I'll get this remaster and not get into it either. You know what I mean? So like, I, I don't know, man. It's hard for me to yeah. give a shit, but at the same time, I I could imagine if this was a franchise that I was really passionate about watching this happen, I'd be in full panic mode. Uh, and you just gotta wonder, like, like what, like, like Derek said, like, what, what have they done to drive these people away? What, what internal decisions are going on that these creators are saying that the outside world isn't saying that's having them jump ship? You know what I mean? Like, it's right. Yeah, it, it's very telling when you see when you see shifts like this, where it's, I mean, it's not just one guy. One guy walked away, came back, and then he left again, and his boy left with him. Like Casey and Mark are gone. I don't, I don't know who the fuck they are aside from the projects they worked on, but yeah. It's yeah, reminiscent no, of like Halo Infinite losing two directors so far. It's like, all right, yeah. something has to be going really fucking wrong for two yeah. people to leave, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it, it, is, it is certainly telling because it's like you have to imagine Casey being the director for the original Mass Effect trilogy must have a ton of love for the property. So for him to come back, it's like, you know, he he really loved it, wanted to come back to the studio. He kind of matured at and came into his own. Helped and then build, for, honestly. Right. And then for to 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 leave it like what's like you said dark days are ahead like they've already happened we just don't know about them yet yeah yeah uh and we're gonna find out somewhere down the road someone's gonna do like a, a fucking documentary about the fall of bioware well i think i think this is something we're seeing in, in the gaming community as a whole because over the last you know let's say 15 years or so gaming has become 
this huge enterprise. This huge. It, it's it's the money that, that, that these companies are making on their games, like over over their you know life cycles of the consoles. They like, off of a single title, they could be making you know million like hundreds of millions of dollars. Whereas before, it may have been like might have been like maxing out at like eighty million, you know, total like total revenue sold for a, a blockbuster AAA title. So so what we're seeing is we're seeing an industry where it's becoming way more profitable, and these companies are getting greedier. Or their executives, they're you know, are getting greedier and forcing them to push content out quickly, right? And, and not every studio can turn around a new Assassin's Creed game every year or a new Call of Duty every year. That's going to be something that the fan base is content with. And even we've seen blunders with those with those you know companies like U- Ubisoft and uh, fucking, <coughs> yeah, well, yeah. you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, but but it's it just it comes down to greed, man. Like money tends to ruin everything. Like games yeah. games back in the day were. They, like we talked about before, like like they pushed back Smash for like a year at one point. Games came out when they were finished. Games came out when they, you know, like when they were complete, when they had a concise narrative, when the controls worked, when everything was tested through and through and, and solid. And now, like we see more and more often, games released glitchy because they're just in a rush to make money. Uh, so I mean, it, there's there's a good chance that you know someone who helped build this franchise didn't like seeing it being treated like a cash cow. Or seeing yeah. it, seeing it mistreated or misrepresented, and just bowed out. But just, that's you know, what I mean. Like the the sort of like uh, the success of video games since like since we were kids, uh, for instance, is kind of like has been its downfall because like when we were kids, there was like the the Nintendo headquarters, Sega headquarters. It was like this one singular location that everything kind of got churned out at. Uh, uh, now you have basically like a, a company like um, like Ubisoft. That, you know, you had mentioned they're putting out an Assassin's Creed game every single year. Well, it's not the same studio doing it. It's they have like this studio working on this one while next year is they're already they've been working on it for this amount of time. Oh, yeah. yeah, They're doing really shitty things like, okay, so once this game comes out, they overwork that, you know, those people working there. And once let's just say Black Flag comes out, they go like, all right, we're shutting you guys down now. Like, thanks for the finished product. But we churned the money out of you. So now we're selling all those assets and moving on to another one. Um, and it's just kind of like, I, I think that th- those are the really shady and shitty inner workings that like we, as people who just play the games don't see, like we're not exposed to, but it's like right. very, very fucking overrun with awful business yeah. like that. It, oh, it's yeah. becoming a really shitty industry to work in. Yeah. Well, you, you also have the same thing with Activision. They have what Treyarch sledgehammer and there's one other studio that are on a three, they're all on a three-year cycle where every three years, one of those companies releases a new Call of Duty. So, like, right. they, they get done a three-year cycle of, of you know, coding and, and scripting and doing all this, like, design and everything, and they don't even get time off. They have to go right back to the grindstone because they have three years to turn out another game. Yeah. And, right. and, and they also have two other companies that are literally their direct competition. Everyone's comparing these three companies and their, their Call of Duty entries. You know what I mean? So there's... It's, it's a weird model that keeps studios on their toes and competitive. But at the same time, treats them like just mindless drones in a lot of yeah. ways, you know. Uh, so I, mean, I don't know what the climate's like, you know, at uh, at Bioware, but it it doesn't look good when you have. It's not looking stuff. good. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um. All right. So moving on. Uh, in relation to a video game property, this doesn't really translate as a segue, but this is going to be a hot topic, boys. And I'm not talking about that shitty store in the mall. That you used to see big old Pierce Scott titties at. Yeah, I'm talking about the fact that Oscar Isaac has been rumored to be cast Ooh. 
as Dark Solid Christ. Snake. <laughs> How do you guys feel up. about that? <laughs> I can't wait to hear what Derek has to say about this. I can just tell from all his memes this week. Solid Snake, voiced by David Hayter. Uh, beloved franchise on the Sony platform. Uh, I have lots of fond memories of several of those games. And boy, oh boy. I don't they, know. They should just cast fat old David Hayter. I'll do the rest in my mind. I'm Is he okay fat? With I've it. never seen him. In- he, he's, he's, got a little, he's got a little chunk as he's, pull- as he's aging. He's a little chunk. Let me pull uh, him up while you start talking shit. He he was uh, he he was in a couple films. He was in that uh, Giver anime remake. Oh, he looks terrible. not like I expected. Weird. Yeah, no, okay, going no, back. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Uh, no, I'm not into. I'm not into. Uh, uh, I'm not into this at all. Uh, he's a great actor. He really is. Yeah, we all he, love Oscar Isaac. He's he's excellent. Um, and not just in the blockbusters he's in. Like we've talked about. Um. Ex Machina, Ex Machina before yeah. he's fucking incredible in that movie. He's so like present. He's such a force in that fucking movie. Like you're genuinely terrified. You genuinely as the viewer have no idea what he's going to do next because he just acts that part so oh, fucking well. Of, I, like, I know what he's going to do next. Genius. He's going to come into a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Didn't we, did we have a conversation about fucking robots before? Oh, we did. <laughs> yeah. We did. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think at one point I, I was like, you know, again. I was like, you know, damn well, if you could, you'd make a robot and fuck it. I think your response, Scott, was I'm not smart enough to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Derek. But uh, to, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not. I just I don't think he's going to make a good solid sneak. I think he's too sweet in most of the movies that he's in for me to like see him as like a rugged, you know, I don't know. It's just not it's just not doing it for me. Question, yeah. who, who would you have rather seen casted? Easy. Tom Holland. Fuck you. <laughs> Metal you Gear. Lolly Lule Low. Oh you my disingenuous God. of a bitch. I don't feel so good, Miss Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, oh, shit. No fucking way. <laughs> well, you know who I, you know oh how I would make a great solid snake is fucking Josh Brolin. I think he would do excellently yeah. in that fucking mm. role. He's, he's, a just, too, he's a little too old, a little too a little, little bit. Yeah. little bit. He's, he's too jacked though, too. Like Snake wasn't like he wasn't a more lean. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was like he was like you know he definitely he definitely did some cardio. You know what I mean? Josh Brolin. Yeah. When you saw Josh Brolin his cable, you're like <laughs> like where the fuck did his neck go? <laughs> <laughs> I, all right, so let's say a de-aged by 15 years Josh Brolin. I think would be uh, uh, a we're talking like no, no country for old men, Brolin. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Okay. That's yeah, actually that's, that's perfect. Bad. I can see that. That's not bad. All right. Worst, worst possible casting though. Can we talk about who would be the worst? Because, because, yeah. Because I mean, because, because, like, this, yeah, aside sure. From, Oscar Isaac, easy. No, no fucking <laughs> no, way. I'm just kidding. I'm just no, no uh, way. <laughs> I mean, as much as I love Tom Holland, I, that's John, pretty bad John, casting. <laughs> John John Cena would probably be worse than Tom Holland if we're gonna be honest. Okay, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, because like John Cena like doesn't even turn his necklace; he turns his whole body. I mean, he's always like <laughs> he's all shoulders. <laughs> yeah, like how is he gonna how's he gonna check around the corner? He's gonna have to lean out like <laughs> <laughs> fucking solid beef wall, man. The uh, point where it's gonna look like someone just has a cardboard cutout of John Cena that they're leaning out. Of the yeah, yeah, with- yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the, the question is though, with a, with a property like this, like of course it's not gonna. Of course, it's not going to hold up like the I think inarguably the only video game movie that's ever held up to the games is the original Mortal Kombat. I, I mean, it's it's plenty cheese, but think back. 
Think about it's how good. well that think about how well that movie represents the ga- the the games. It it does it not only is accurate to what the game portrays, like as far as like all the characters, all the scenarios. E- you even see like the scenery in that movie is all different levels from the original Mortal Kombat one and two and three. But it yeah. also it also builds on the lore. The lore in the video games following the movie was based on the lore in the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like mm-hmm. they they added if, if they made it better with a movie and that never fucking happens. Well, let's be real. That's because the game had so little. The whole premise of the game was to get these cool looking characters to fight each other. So the game's lore was so non-existent that the movie had only to fail upwards. <laughs> like they had, they had nothing. They had, I look. I, I think feel like you're gr- simplifying I, it. You're greatly simplifying it. About no, am I, I simplifying agree with you. There the was there. You just fight different people with different. <laughs> am that, I simplifying the conflict when, between when's, Earth? When's the last time you played Mortal Kombat one, two, or three? It's been uh, a long time. It's been yeah. So I mean, like, wow. Oh God, I hate you. <laughs> oh no, God damn. <laughs> I'm not sorry for that. Continue. <laughs> No, you win. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I got nothing. I got Look, nothing. Mortal Kombat, though, it's so cheesy, but that is a great movie. And I'm going to watch it like really soon now that you mentioned it and just put Yo, it back Goro on my looks radar. Great in that movie. Yeah. 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 And practical effects were fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the CGI doesn't hold up as well, but there, no. there is there is there is one scene, though, where uh, it's like the very the very beginning, like when uh, Liu Kang, Johnny Cage and Sonya sneak into like this giant feast. And uh, Sub Zero fights like a random dude and just like freezes a mid mid jump kick and the guy hits the wall and explodes. Like the gore they got away with in that movie at PG thirteen was so great, incredible. And, and bringing this back around full circle, Mortal Kombat is one of the WB movies on the slate to be released in twenty twenty one on HBO oh, Max. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah, I didn't oh. even know they were making one. So yeah, yeah. yeah cool. Uh, there's also a Mortal Kombat YouTube series that was like rated R that was really fucking cool, like a TVMA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're bringing back the guy who played Liu Kang to play Shang Song in this new one. Oh, that's a cool touch. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. The original, true, the original, yeah. original Liu Kang. It's, it was a rumor. I haven't IMDb'd it, but that would make me so happy. Uh, although, let's be real, the guy who played Shang Tsung originally was so choice. Oh, yeah. dude, he was yeah. fucking great. Yeah, money. He was, he was excellent. Yeah. Over the top, absolute villainous yeah. cheese. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. is mine. Like, oh my god! <laughs> oh, I You're can't so wait to watch it now. Holy shit! You can, you can like, he, you can like feel his hot, stinky breath on your face <laughs> as an eight year old. Like, oh god! Yeah, you can uh, feel his nose hairs wiggling around as he's. It breathing. smells like Brussels yeah. sprouts. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> um, do we have any any more shitting on this casting announcement? No, I mean, like, I'm optimistic about it simply because Oscar Isaac is an incredible actor. I, I think is. We, we haven't seen him take on any role like this yet. Like. The closest one we got was that movie with him and uh, what is it? A- Annihilation, where he plays oh, like a, right. he, pl- he plays a more, like a, a special oh, yeah. guy. Him, him I and Natalie Portman he was in that. Yeah, and he yeah. he was great in it, but he, he wasn't in it very much. I didn't forget about Natalie Portman. No, mm-hmm. you can't, man. You never mm-hmm. unforgettable. Yeah, 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 you guys remember Natalie Portman in your your highness, where she comes out of the water? A little, oh little, yeah, got cheeks and you for see weeks. Them buttocks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> cheeks, got for weeks. <laughs> cheeks for weeks. Cheeks for weeks. No, no, but there's one way. There's cheeks. The problem is the problem is uh, they, with, with the games they took essentially they took the diehard formula and made all of the insurgents way more fucking interesting. So you're, right, but, yes, the, yeah. but 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 the diehard formula doesn't work with characters that flushed out unless it's eight to twelve hours long. So yeah. with with this they're gonna have to they're like if they do a remaking of the Shadow Moses incident. With Fox, like it's it's gonna be bad because it's gonna be another one of the things where it should have been a, a series, should have been a season of something yeah. on TV, a limited series. Yeah. If they do a completely new story that maybe takes place 
between Shadow Moses and Sons of Liberty. Like, yeah. like that could be cool. Uh, I think the, the best way for them to do it is for it to be self-contained stories that maybe reference things from the games and have like nods to it. But don't don't try to remake it, man. Because I, I, Psycho Mantis worked as a, a video game villain. Revolver Ocelot worked as a video game villain. But to see that guy in real life spinning his guns, you're just gonna fucking roll your eyes. As yeah. Fat. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't translate well. They need to make it more, I don't know. They either need to lean into the cheese and go, like, full, like, kung fu hustle style with it. Or they need to. That's what, yeah. So, that, I mean, that's what we were talking about earlier. I think that when you embrace the cheese, which that's what Kojima does, and he does it well. Like, he doesn't hide the fact that he does cheesy, Mm -hmm. you know, campy shit. It's like, that's his forte. That's what he's good at. And when it's done in a way that, like, you, the gamer, or you, the viewer, are it, it's clear that that's what they're going for. You don't feel yeah. insulted by it, and then it's you like can enjoy it. You're, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, my final thoughts on it are this: this is such a near and dear series, beloved to me, and so there's never going to be like a perfect uh, person cast as Snake, uh, right. other than David Hayter. I'll do it. I don't mind. I'll pretend in my head that he's fit. I'm, it's okay. I, I mind. I'm pretending um, in my head that he's fit. He's but, sneaking uh, around. His belly's rubbing into the yeah, barbed wire fences. He's like, why don't you just get Dog the Bounty Hunter to play him, Derek? <laughs> yes. I, I'm never going to be happy with who they cast. And so that means that, like, honestly, at least they're getting a really fucking talented actor to do it and not some shithole. So in the end, I'm not actually too unhappy with it. I just like to talk shit on things, guys. You know, that's dog, what I do. Dog is God spilled backwards. <laughs> <laughs> This just in, Hideo Kojima's next film is about a guy who can't get out of bed. It's called Can't Get Out of Bed Man. And uh, it's, it's coming straight to HBO yeah. Max. Yeah. Uh, all the subtleties right on the poster for it. Um, Die Hard, but yeah. I still can't get past it. I'm like, oh, man. Die Hard Man. I wonder Dead, if Dead Man oh. and Die Hard Man. And Heart Man. Don't forget Heart Man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you didn't get that far because Die Hard so. Man turned you off too hard. Yeah. But I'm not surprised that Heart Man exists. Yeah, I also uh, as much as I disagree with, I don't know, this casting announcement, it's it's a weird one for me because we all like Oscar Isaac and I want this to be successful. I want it to be good. I just have zero hope that it will be. Yeah. Uh, Zero expectation that it will be. I should say I have plenty of hope that it is. Um, I don't know. I I, I also agree with what Scott was saying earlier, which is that the it seems like the older I get the more of the beloved properties that I've grown up with that they're translating into uh, film and TV, I always just want them to be TV now because I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. There's too much there. You can't do that in a movie. Like yeah. you have to make this a TV show. Like you said, Shadow Moses incident as like a mini series, like a 10 parter or something. Yeah. God, that, I would just ropes everywhere. Yeah. yeah. That would be excellent. I could see. Because that, then like it's self-contained, you can continue it and, and tell other stories, but you don't also don't need to. Cause like, don't get me wrong, all the Metal Gear games are fun for their own reasons, but Metal Gear Solid 1 is the best self-contained story. It, like, like it, mm, It's very good. Really? Which one? Two, which one? Two, easy. I don't even have to think eh, about it. No for a way. Two, two, is, two, two is not self-contained. Two requires a lot of advanced knowledge, I yeah. would say. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, alright, no, I, I get what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, I would say that, that first-person mode alone makes two better, because you can fucking... So you can see that little, that little what? And then you can fucking shoot him with the sleeping dog right in the dick. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You can, you can hide in his locker and look at his, his dirty girly magazines. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, no, but, but like, but it has, like, the Shadow Moose since it has the beginning, middle, and end. You learn everything you need to know about Snake through his interactions in that story. And through, like, the flashbacks and stuff like that. It's also yeah. just, 
it's to me it was the most believable even though like obviously some of the some of the, the antagonists are ridiculous that's at, totally fair yeah, yeah it's yeah. definitely the, the most grounded so. over the top yeah. Yeah, yeah well i mean like two two had for the most part was still semi-believable except for like vamp you're like oh okay <laughs> and 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 wasn't there a fat there was a fat man in that too fat man rolling on rollerblades roller yeah yeah He's put, it was just a fat guy on on like not even rollerblades he wasn't even like cool he was just on fucking roller skates yeah and he, he just with bombs bom- that he just like threw <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah and he set bombs all over the fucking uh the the oil refinery yeah i, I just like piece of said, shit. i just like this guy said Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, because when you see when you see a guy with like a mullet and a Capri Sun on rollerblades, like, look at that cool guy. Yeah, it doesn't matter if he's fat. He, yeah. There's, there's a lot of cool guys in this game. Yeah. There's a lot of cool guys here. Honestly, if, if you're fat and you can rollerblade, you're probably cooler than somebody who's skinny and can rollerblade. Because like, because yeah. if, if you because you know if you're fat and you fall down, everyone's gonna laugh. Yeah. But you don't even worry, baby. It's just like, like you, you definitely just, had to want it more yeah, if nothing you're, else. You're just too you're just too cool to kid. Let him laugh. I'm too cool to care. I would like to yeah. vote in a, an option for thumbnail for the podcast is John Cena cardboard cutout leaning over a wall as snake. Yeah, that's, that feels fair. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, let's move on. We have stuff to talk about what we do in the shadows. Season three is set to start production in January, 2021. There's nothing else in this article that's useful besides that information. Uh, it really just allows me to say that uh, I'm going to use a phrase that these two guys love. Boy, howdy. I <laughs> love this Bye show. Howdy. <laughs> Bye, howdy. Bye, howdy. We should have I'm... like a Chris saying counter, like how many times he says, like, welcome, Please welcome, don't. welcome. Boy, howdy. Oh, no. It's, it's like, just a joy. Every time. It's, it's, just a, it's just a joy. You know what else is that, a fucking yeah, joy? When you say, you say joy the, the same way, you say joy every single time the same way. Just a joy. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's it, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I, wish, I wish I could like melt that down in a spoon and just inject it into my veins. <laughs> that's my, it's my feel good medicine. <laughs> uh, I don't. We've discussed the show previously. I think very briefly. I don't remember. Have you guys watched all of it? Do you guys like it, uh, Scott? How do you feel about it? It's one of the funniest shows on TV. Okay, one of the, one of the Here. like one of the best written comedies. Uh, I actually it's it's been on my list for a while. I, I saw oh, so I good. fucking loved the movie. Oh, my God. I can't Same. tell you how much I loved that movie. So before obviously we're not going to spoil anything before you say any more anything else. I put off watching this show for such a long time and I kept hearing people say, oh, it's just as funny as the movie. And I kept thinking to myself, no fucking way, because that movie is a fucking gem. And it's just it's it's amazing. There's no way you can capture that that kind of camp comedy. Uh, you know, the silliness with also a little bit of heart underneath and it's, it's the pitch perfect. The show is fucking yeah. amazing. It gets better in season two. Yeah. And I didn't realize there were only two seasons until I got to the end. It was very sad. So, so that's I'm, the only thing I was going to say. I watched the first like episode, maybe two, and I thought that it was good, but not like, whoa, good. So hearing that, like, you know, I know some shows try to find their footing. I didn't yeah. stop watching it because I thought it was bad or anything, but it was just like never a priority. But I keep hearing people talk about it. So I'm like, it's been on my list for a while, so I'll have to dive into it a little more. The thing is, these aren't the same characters from the movie, so they spend the first few episodes kind of like introducing them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and, you know, like once you get it's it's like that show, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Once you know the characters, everything, everything that they do is is hilarious because it's so they're so well written, so consistent. Right. But they just have to show up for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But they're they're also (laughs) all lunatics in their own ways. They, They all have their own little quirks. And like you, you know what you you like. You get to know the characters so well through the little weird like 
You okay, Chris? <laughs> I just keep thinking of him saying, bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm obviously, I'm obviously a huge fan of the movie. Like my name's Swearwolf for fuck's sake. I was going to say, like, is that where yeah. that, that yeah, has yeah. to be where that originated from? We're not, yeah. we're, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. I was like, <laughs> that's my stream name. Uh, so yeah, uh, but but it's the characters are so well written that you like learn you learn like their little little quirks and stuff, and like you find yourself like laughing at them, watching their facial expressions because you can imagine what they're thinking. Even and this is like one of the first like shows like this like weekly episodic like it's kind of shallow like. There's a greater narrative that like arcs over the whole first two seasons, but it's all it's like the very like sitcom meets reality TV style humor. But like it, there's so like characters usually aren't this well flushed out in a comedy series. Yeah, with the, with the exception of shows where it's always sunny, where the situations are so ridiculous, you have no you like you see them in all these situations you never would see situation comedy in. You right. know what I mean, it, it has like that same kind of vibe, but with uh, supernatural stuff. It's basically yeah. it's, it's vampire is always sunny essentially like that's the way I would describe it. <laughs> it's so good, dude. I uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna watch it 100. percent Like I said, it was never like, oh, this sucks. I'm not really into it. It was just kind of like, wait, just wait. I, I guess Jackie I just waited, bro. I was just gonna fucking <laughs> yeah, say that. Right? <laughs> oh, dude. I just waited against the movie a little too much, and I was like, oh, that wasn't the movie. So I'll watch yeah. that some other time. And it's just been like months of like, oh, later, later, um, later, later. Also. Yeah. Oh, so also, the cameos in this, Derek, are insane. God damn it, Scott and I are on the same page. I was going to say... Mark Hamill. Oh, what? Right? How did you spoil that for me? You're an asshole for this. Wait, I what? was actually how, just how about... Was a, how's a cameo a spoiler? I, I lied, not on the same page, because I was literally about to go, don't look anything up about it, because there are some great surprise cameos. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, no, no, no. They were not surprise cameos. I, like... The trailer for the episode literally showed Mark Hamill in the trailer. It's not a surprise <laughs> if it's, it's like... You know, special guest Mark Hamill. <laughs> All right, fair enough. No, I'm going like, to watch it. I'm it's it's like it. it's like watching like like uh, TGIF back in the day. I mean, like, oh, Arsenio Hall was on Urkel. Oh, fuck, fucking shocker. <laughs> like, it's a sitcom, man. Like, the fucking- Sometimes the fucking reference points you pull out of your ass are so good. It's but so it's time just... specific, too. It's like yeah, everything was... is like within like a four and a half year period. Yeah, you can tell it's a shot of the 90s. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, it, but it's just like, it's just like. Urkel, like Urkel was on TJF this week. It's like no shit. They 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 share the same hour of television. Um, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I, if that was a spoiler, I apologize. I am getting defensive. No, no, hope, no. It's, it's I, ho- I hope I didn't ruin it for you. Um, yeah, no, right, I'm not watching have, it. <laughs> and before we move on, I just have to say this is probably Scott's doing, but the title in our doc that we use to oh, to yeah. share news articles says what we do in the shadows parentheses masturbate mostly. <laughs> End parenthesis. <laughs> End per- close parenthesis. There's always two things that give it away when I know that Scott put something in the doc, and one is that the the headline is hilarious, and the second one is that the link is usually broken, and I have to figure out how to. <laughs> <laughs> what? Just Google it, bro. That's that's what I do. Yeah. All my usually... link, all the links I post always work for me because I go through right before we start and double check to make sure I have everything ready to go. Oh, Street Fight, Link versus Broken Link. That doesn't make any sense. All right, we have one piece of news left <laughs> well, to go that's, over. That's that Water Temple midpoint, bro. We're almost halfway done. Oh, we are. D- D- Derek, do you have to take a pee-pee? Uh, uh, so, yeah. The, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know what? Why not? Before speaking it becomes of, more urgent, right? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the Water yeah. Temple, time to, time to take a little pee-pee. <laughs> speaking of Orcarina of Time. Uh, do you, remember, you remember how hard the Water Temple fucked you when you were a child? 
I, I, I feel like the Water yes. Temple from Orchid of Time should be on a government watch list for how hard it fucked me when I was 12 years old. <laughs> for how hard it fucked you. Yeah, yeah, because, well, no, too, all right, like, we, 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 had, we already did our, we already did our follow us on this, check us out on that, so we have, we have some time to burn here. There, there was, there was an extra locked door in that temple. And not enough keys for every door. So if you open up this one door that was like a, it led to a dead end with like a chest with like fifty rupees in it. If you opened that door on like the, the like I think it was like level three or four of the water temple when you had the water all the way up, yeah, you might not have enough keys to get to the master key to unlock the boss door and fight that giant water amoeba thing. I don't remember that. I just remember yeah. having memories of hating that temple. So I'm sure that's part of it. It was the worst. It was it was modeled after a level from Super Mario sixty four. I don't know if you remember that. It's like, it's when you are about, you're, you fought Bowser for the second time in the basement. You go up to the never ending staircase up top. Uh, and there's this one level where, yeah, Mario did those three jumps, like the, wah, whoo, yippee, like the little fucking, <laughs> I can clip yeah, that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was surprisingly good. Thank you. I, it was thank very you. accurate. Uh, well, depending on how, whether you did a single jump, a double jump or that triple, uh, the water level in in this in this map would be raised to whatever level your jump was when you entered the painting. I remember that. Yeah, yeah and they they took the same kind of mechanic, but gave you like like push switches, which made it like this never ending, just this, this nightmarish puzzle. Um, yeah, I, I I think like I mean being twelve, that was I became a man in the water temple. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I did. I did. I I know it's opposites, but the water temple was really trial by fire for adulthood. Yeah, yeah. I feel like sprouted hairs. Yeah, I feel like me as a a grown adult would not be as well adjusted to deal with that. Like I would get so angry so much faster. You know what I mean? It's like it's imagine like you 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 spent an hour or let's say forty five minutes in traffic coming home from from your eight hour ten hour workday, maybe even a twelve hour workday, and now you got to wander around the water temple for forty five fucking minutes to find a master (laughs) key. Yeah, and then what if you open up? What if you just had a really bad day at work? You come home and you spend 45 minutes in the water temple only to realize that you've opened up that shitty door and you have to load an uh, older saving go all the way back through it. No, no. The water temple is a metaphor for life, Chris. Because when you open up, when you, sometimes you open the wrong door and there is no going back. There is no, there is no reverting to a save state on, on N64, bro. You are stuck with the decisions you've made and you can never achieve your ultimate goal, which is to save Hyrule. You open the wrong fucking door. That's true. If you that manually door, saved... That, oh, that, boy. It, well, no. You can only manually save. This is N64, bro. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That there was. I mean, my my only question is, how many people do you think that adult kills after he's had the shitty day at work and then loses his whole fucking game save? Uh, I think in honor of of the temple that took everything from him, I think he drowns his wife and his two children in the bathtub. Oh, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Dude, the, let's there's, be a, there's a lady in Iowa that did that. I think. That's because of the water temple. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if she was playing like the remaster. Remember the GameCube that came out, like the remastered, uh, Ocarina. Sorry, Ocarina of Time. Ocarina. Ocarina. <laughs> Do you think the the new uh, Mario Park and Universal Studios Japan is going to have like a basically a, what amounts to a child torture chamber, which is they have to jump to get the water level up to a certain height so they don't drown? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think. I think. <laughs> If you're gonna if you're gonna waterboard somebody in a Mario themed park, it needs to be an underwater themed uh, room, obviously. Oh right! Oh shit! Um, I'm thinking. You remember those fish from Super Mario World, the ones that would chase you like all stoked, like like they wagging their little butts like a, a tiny dog. Yeah. Um, 
See, I don't know, man. I feel like Donkey Kong Country always had way scarier enemies. Especially, oh, oh, yeah, 100%. Especially the underwater levels. Like, uh, you remember Donkey Kong Country 2, of course. The best, the best one out of all <laughs> of, of them. Of course. Yeah. Uh, they had those, the lockjaw, like the little, they look like little piranhas. And they would yeah. come up, they would come up and, <laughs> and like eat your little butt. Yeah. They, they all, they, the, the, the sound for their animations when they would bite you sounded like Ace Ventura doing the pup, the, <laughs> the shadow puppet thing with that guy and Ace Ventura would eat you go like, <laughs> Yeah, like, like, <laughs> it's a good time to come back. Yeah, uh, you missed you missed, those, the, you missed a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Mostly, uh, mostly just talking Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Just I just want to say, you know, every time that Chris, at, which is we're two weeks in a row now, every time Chris asks me, "Do you have to go pee pee?" It reminds me of like being on a road trip with your parents, like you're going to South Carolina or something. Yeah, and it's like 3 a.m. and your dad wakes you up, like, "Hey, bud, gotta go pee pee." So you're letting me relive that. You're re- letting me relive my. My gas station peepees from uh, 1994. Thank you. It's, you're welcome. It's also very telling that he's 100% confirmed going to be the the coach of his son's junior. Yeah, yeah he's constantly not, reminding me. Hey, if anybody has to pee, just tell me. It's okay. Yeah. Don't worry. Guys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, one of the kids, like, they're, they're staying overnight for, like, a ba- an away basketball game. One of the kids has an accident, and Chris helps him, like, clean up and make sure nobody knows. Like, it's okay, bub. Yeah, gonna... it's between me and you. Just, Don't just, worry. Yeah. I pee my pants, too. It's the coolest. <laughs> Yo, I would... Imagine imagine that today, though. Imagine, like, because kids are so much smarter. Like, imagine, like... Yeah. I'm like, like, oh, what the fuck's wrong with that guy? He pissed his pants, too. Yo, kids are ruthless now. Kids are yeah. meaner than any adult. What, what are you, in a kid, dick. substitute teacher? Yeah. What are you, like, p- kids pissing? I can only imagine the terrible conversations. <laughs> anyway... We have two uh, main topics to get there. What? Go ahead. I was going to say, like, that, that 45-year-old substitute teacher could still be drunk, whip it out, and start pissing on the desk in front of the kids, and they just hold up their smartphones and Snapchat. It's like, they would be yeah, unfazed by that, it. That's true. They'd be like, look at this idiot. Yeah. They TikTok anyway. it, baby. <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Plague. Uh, we have two main topics to get to today. Right before we do, we have a lead-in, uh, which is just a throwaway piece of news. Not much to talk about. It's actually because I forgot it was happening. They are making a show based on Cassian Andor, the gentleman from Rogue One, uh, played by Diego Luna, and they're making a, a spinoff show of him that takes obviously takes place before Rogue One because spoilers, he gonna die. Uh, <laughs> that has just begun production, and uh, I, I only brought this up because I forgot that they were doing this. They announced this quite a bit ago, and I think like May or something, if I'm not mistaken, it was on Lucasfilm, uh, StarWars.com, and uh, I. I I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I got to be honest with you. When I first heard they were doing a Mandalorian TV show that was not Boba Fett, uh, which is a great segue into our, our main discussion today, boys. Uh, but when I found out they're making a show called The Mandalorian, and it was not going to be about Boba Fett. I was like, mm, really? Am I going to give a shit? And then I got progressively more and more excited as I heard Favreau, Filoni were attached and came out. And now it's probably my favorite thing Star Wars has ever done as a whole. Uh, this Cassian Andor uh he's a cool character he had a lot of layers to him he was the guy trying to fight for the right side but he had to do a lot of bad shit in the film to do it and it's an it's an interesting place to put him and i think it could make for a lot of interesting tv so i'm really looking forward to it i don't i don't really have much else to add besides fuck yeah like bring it give it to me i want to know who the showrunner is first and foremost but i'm i'm pretty stoked about it I want that grit that that the very beginning of rogue one had he's like you know like that yeah that, that city that city felt like it was out of like a God, like a Tim Burton movie from the nineties. It was just like so, so good. Like, like everything felt dirty and dingy, but like in a way that was way more organic than even like Jabba's palace in Jedi. Yeah. I mean, like everything had like a lot of personality to it. 
I would love to see him in a, in a much darker like tone show like that, where he's making yeah. he's making the hard decisions and they have real world consequences. Yeah, the the coolest thing about uh, Rogue One to me is uh, well, one of the cooler things about Rogue One, I should say, is that they introduce this idea that like these people that we have seen as the good guys for so long actually do some pretty shitty things. Like we saw yeah. um, extremist sects of um, the rebels, uh, like yeah. Forrest Whitaker's whole thing. Um, I think the only way they can really make this interesting is to show that there's not this like um, uh, clear cut sort of objective line in the sand. And that, uh, uh, you know, he, he taught we see him do shitty things in the be- beginning of the film. And then he refers to a couple things he does throughout the rest of the film. Like, oh, you have no idea what I've done to get where I am now. And yada, yada. Right. Um, other than that, I think it's going to be pretty boring. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm split on this because, I mean, just earlier tonight, we were talking about how, like, when you know how things end, it's kind of like you're not so invested in the characters. But then again, that was sort of the whole thing Rogue One did so well is it made you think that you wouldn't give a shit about anyone. And then you gave a whole lot of a shit about everyone all the shits about them yeah. yeah and and so really just the only other thing i have to say about it is exactly what you just said chris is that like i want to say nah this is gonna suck but i was surprised by the mandalorian so yeah. I, you know I'm, i'll be happy to check it out that's about it definitely and i yeah i mean i i kind of forget about it because it's been a little bit uh it's been a little bit since rogue one came out but you're absolutely right i mean that was the first time that they said, hey, these rebels, they do some terrible shit to accomplish their goals. And I mean, you know, like you saw Guerrero's partisans were the fucking extremists and they did really terrible shit in some cases in the name of good. Mm, you know, yeah, I don't know. It, it made you it made things not sit so well and it kind of colored. It made the whole universe that much more believable because things that are so black and white yeah. are most often, you know, paper thin. I, and I, also that's the most clever thing I'll say on night. So I, I just. <laughs> disconnect now <laughs> i think it's important to differentiate though like that the bad things they were doing was not like because let, let's be let's be real here uh the stormtroopers the empire is represent like representative of like not like a, a nazi-esque sort of totality mm-hmm. you know I mean, like it's oh that's exactly who lucas was going for yeah yeah, yeah. no doubt it's yeah. it's i mean it's it's not subtle in any way shape or form everything's <laughs> everything's very like on the nose so like you know, seeing rebels using guerrilla tactics to uh, to kill stormtroopers and kill uh, people who are working for the, the Imperial forces. I don't think that's morally a gray area. I think the moral gray area is where you see casualties and collateral yeah. damage caused by things like that. Like yeah. like uh, when, when we see the first test of the Death Star and, you know, uh, you know, I mean, you know that obviously the Empire is at fault. All the people who died on that, that part of the planet there, it's because the Empire did something terrible. But also it kind of like you, you look at, at how extreme the rebel attacks were there. And you think if if they weren't. I don't know. It's it, I mean, well, it, I, I see what you're saying, but, it, but it's it, cause it, and it's effect. Also, but at the same time, like how, how much responsibility do they do they hold for the the, the ultimate end? I forget, what, what, what planet were they on? Jetta. Jetta. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Volkswagen didn't say anything. about that. <laughs> J.E.D.H.A. OK. OK. Jetta. <laughs> To say I drive a Jetta. That's yeah, great, yeah, same. Great product yeah. placement. <laughs> yeah. Do we both drive Jettas? Yeah, black Jettas. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry for both of us then. <laughs> I mean, mine's great. I don't know what you're talking about. For now, just wait. It's still less than a year old. Just give it time. Oh no, mine's a 16, buddy. Oh, okay. Shit. All right. I put I put 40,000 miles on that boy this year. Damn. But I mean, you know, you had like Forrest Whitaker torturing people and shit. Like, obviously, yeah, yeah. you know, 
And I think that that's with this like new stretch of uh, Star Wars content we're getting. They're trying to achieve that. Like, obviously, Finn is a stormtrooper and he ends up being the good guy. So we're seeing that there are people on one side, you know, the side perceived as bad, capable of being good (laughs) and vice versa. You still have the Jedi thing? <laughs> no, there was no segue there. So you were like, I put 40,000 miles in that bad boy. And Derek is, and Forrest Whitaker's torturing people. And I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, is he in the backseat of the Jedi? Like, why? Where is this happening? Uh, I'm just like, you want to record to say that Forrest Whitaker can, can do whatever he wants in the backseat of my Jedi as long as it's consensual. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Derek was finishing a serious point. I'm sorry for No, that's okay. That's, I, I got it out. That was the whole, that was the whole thing. Okay, um, speaking of fucking awesome Star Wars, we have to talk about episode six of The Mandalorian called The Tragedy. And oh, man, here, here, there's one for you guys. What a what a joy that mm. episode was. Ooh. Jesus. It's another one. Jesus oh, Christ. God. Not only did they give us the live action Ahsoka Tano debut, but they followed it up with the return of Boba Fett. And I'm spilling all my load right out in front. Not only did they bring Boba Fett back, but after 40 years, uh, has it been 40 years? Uh, after his initial display of doing nothing and dying like a bitch, he's actually a badass character now. There are so many fucking Star Wars uh, hardcore fans that were that loved Boba Fett when he did nothing, absolutely yeah. nothing to earn that fucking title. And he is so brutal in this episode. Yes. And I fucking love it. And I, I'm going to let I'm going to let Scott start. How do you feel about it? We'll do the we'll do the brief overview. Mention a couple things you like, and then we'll, yeah, we'll deep yeah. dive into uh, a little. I mean, from the second I saw the slave one pulling up, oh boy! Like you got you gotta understand, man. I I had a slave one when I was a little kid. I had a slave one Lego set. I had the act. I had every Boba Fett was my dude. And I, looking back on it again, like in the movies, you don't really you know you don't really see him do anything. But in the the legend stuff, man, like tales from from uh, tales of the bounty hunter volume one, tales from yeah. Jabba's palace, uh. Volume one, Boba Fett was just this force to be fucking reckoned with. And in the the extended universe, they flush him out. And to see it come, see them like take, they're kind of borrowing a little bit from both of those novels. In the fact that he obviously reemerged from the Sarlacc pit, I wouldn't yeah. be I wouldn't be surprised if we found out he was Dengar's best man at his wedding at some point in like a throwaway line or something along the lines that mentions Dengar. Um, dude, it was just everything about this episode, dude. Everything was fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. Seeing him use the, uh, the what's the staff called? Bo- Boffy staff? Goffy. Goffy staff, sorry. Yeah. Uh, seeing him, like, just shatter faces, like, entire masks. Just, oh, dude. Uh, the, the what, Oh, God, the one bit that stands out almost the most to me out of anything is that subtle nod to Indiana Jones where she pushes the rock and you just watch it yeah. mow down. I'm just like, like, Spielberg has got to be, like, smirking watching this. Right now, yeah, but the guy on the turret has to be the dumbest stormtrooper on the face of the planet. He had like a lot of time to get out (laughs) of the way, and he just tried to shoot the boulder coming in. I I thought about that, and then I was like, yeah, but it was pretty cool. So I'm not mad mad Uh, about it at all. Yeah. Also, I was like, what a moron! That that music we heard a few few episodes back, we're like, what is this new? It's Boba Fett's new theme, right? That like that that like fucking. It sounds like the the seventh seal of hell is opening, like that fucking like. (laughs) Old Testament, or I guess, yeah, it would be Old Testament, right? Yeah, Old Testament, yeah. T- totally. That he was way angrier in Old Testament, yeah. Yeah, well, he was pretty mean. Well, guy. I'm trying to, trying to think of where the Book of Revelations is from, where they talk about like how the the horns will sound and the, the world will end. Like, it has like that fucking guttural, 
Oh god! I think Revelations is new. I think yeah, only well, it's the end I'll, of the yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Who cares? We're all a little yeah. rusty on our Bible study here, uh, <laughs> yeah. listeners. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah, I'll have to go ask my group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll bring it up in Bible study this week. Don't worry, y'all. Uh, dude, like, but the, just the sound when they first pan up and they show him with he's he's dad bod Boba. But oh god, yes, yeah, just, just he's, he's, he's he's Boba thick. But yeah, <laughs> but dude, like. Fuck. But dude, like that, that, that fucking like horn section that swells up and it, it's yeah. just. It, even when he switches back to the pistol and he's shooting people, he's like forcefully. He's like, he's yeah. like, it's like yeah. so fucking angry. And it's just yeah. like, I am. I mean, I, I, I know we're supposed to only be scratching the surface here, so I don't, I don't want to dive headfirst in. Uh, dude, just, oh my God, dude. So there's so much that's great about it. There's so many like. From, I mean, baby, baby, baby Yoda at the end. Ah, oh, dude. Yeah. You know what? It, like when he scans up and he looks at him in like eye, like uh, infrared, and you see his little ears flapping in the wind, and he looks all sad. I was like, oh fuck me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, so sad. Uh, God, dude. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna put a button on it until we're in open discussion. But there's so much that I want to say. Yeah. Here. Yeah, Derek, hurry the fuck up so we can get open discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. So overall, overall, here's you know I know we want to get through this, and so I'm gonna truncate this as best I can. But like I think. You know, something that we talk about on the show a lot is, uh, you know, fanboyism. And there's sort of like a uh, like negligent irony there to like be a fan of something and to hate fanboyism. Um, We see like there's this nebulous. Everybody has a different definition of it. Right. Because there are people who like the the girls do it better scene from from Endgame. You know, like everybody views fanboy you know yeah but those people are wrong yeah, of, of course <laughs> right but that's the idea like but i think like this is a perfect example of them like fixing rampant fanboyism right because you know boba fett was he did nothing in in the original trilogy he had like three lines of dialogue he like yeah. barely shot even like unholstered his fucking blaster and everybody loved him that's fanboyism and, and he I went out like such a bitch just the worst yeah he he got killed by a blind guy um yeah. So kicked in like, the jetpack, like well, well, not killed, of course. Now, but yeah. Um, so for them to like take all that, like fucking forty three years of just like, why do we like him as much as we do, and to say like, well, here's why you like him as much as you do. Yeah, I think was done so fucking eloquently. Oh, like, so I, good. Every I was literally screaming, like I felt like like I was like Reddit facing the entire time. I was like embarrassed because I I, I just felt like a kid again. Like I felt like I was watching. Yeah a new hope for the first time again, like this awesome thing is unfolding before me. And yeah. you know, that's really it. I, I, I mean, you guys kind of hit every other note that I wanted to hit. Um, it was just excellent. I don't think like, I, I think I'm still in like the fucking afterglow of that massive orgasm that I had. But like <laughs> since then I've been trying to think of one character design that I like better than like Boba Fett with the Tuscan Raider robe underneath, and I just can't <laughs> fucking think of anything, man, dude. He looked excellent, even with yeah. the fucking beer gut. He looked great. Yeah, I mean, and I think part of that is the robes were bunchy underneath the armor, but he also is a little thicker. He's he's thick fat, you know, Boba Thick, whatever, well, whichever one you want to go with. The, ar- the armor doesn't seem like it's the same size as it was in the original. You know, what I mean, like it, it looks yeah, like it's no. it looks like it's been warped or fucked up. Probably from yeah, yeah, whatever. It's totally fun. the armor. It's totally the armor. <laughs> what I'm, I mean, the armor is definitely warped in certain spots. Not all those beers. Same as like his face is all burned up. Like the, I mean, I don't know whether the Sarlacc pit would. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming since he was far underneath and he was in the armor when he was in the Sarlacc pit, 
I'm assuming that uh, Beskar can be affected by the digestive juices of, of a Sarlacc. Yeah, at right? least a little bit. I mean, yeah, you saw yeah. it took the, the paint off of a lot of the. Yeah, armor. yeah. Like it's it's definitely like I mean, and it's only been six years since the event of of Jedi. Yeah. So I mean, like, it, there's no way that that armor would have would have aged thirty to forty years if it wasn't yeah. corros- corrosion. Um, but I mean, that's just semantics, just nerd nerdy. But um, God, dude, I mean, I don't know if you know what podcast you're on, but that's this is a <laughs> yeah, place yeah, cooler. yeah, yeah. I, I, I got it. Oh, also, it, I, I like literally almost teared up when uh, uh, Boba said the same line that. Um, oh, his dad I'm just said. a simple man trying yeah, to make I'm my way in the galaxy. Trying to make my way through the galaxy, yeah. I was like, holy fucking shit! I thought that was it, excellent. It did get me, and so. And the thing about Boba, so open discussion time, but the thing about Boba's appearance that really got me, even more so than Ahsoka, so I gotta say something blasphemous. Not blasphemous, but you probably will disagree. Ahsoka's appearance was more meaningful in live action than Boba's reappearance was, and that's only because uh, I've been so invested in Ahsoka in the last decade of my life, and watching her character arc, and I know all the people she's interacted with, and all the storylines, and all the heartbreak she's gone through, and there's so much story for Ahsoka to finally see her get her her due and be realized in live action and to be represented so fucking well. Uh, but as we talked about last week, the uh, it, it wasn't a fizzle of an appearance, but it happened so quickly. My I was not ready for it. Like, I, I was ready for this big moment where I went, oh, fuck. And really, I was like, huh, she, she's right there. It's just started. OK, uh, this episode got me yeah. the the intro. When I saw Slave One, I, I was downstairs watching it with my my wife and I, I literally I was I was like holy fucking shit yeah. and I was like that's slave one and I was like I was like oh I for, I I forgot Boba made a small appearance at the end of the first episode and then they, they were bringing it back now and fuck dude I mean they 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 went so finely detailed and they changed some canon shit that I I absolutely have to bring up cuz I am that yeah, nerd yeah. but uh the most important thing is that the fu- he has fucking knee rockets that they brought yes. up in the Star Wars encyclopedia books, but they, he fucking used them. They're supposed to be so sick. Supposed to be poison darts initially, but now they're explosive. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. The, at least in Legends, they were like poisoned. He would like be able to like take somebody out without making any noise, with, just by putting his knee up, basically. I literally yeah. said, "Ooh, a knee gun!" I yelled it out <laughs> like a fucking child might. Like that's what. That's how giddy I was. It was imba- I was like embarrassed to be myself. Um, but also very happy <laughs> that I, something could get me that excited. Now, I, I know initially in, uh, I think it was the Clone Wars, they make reference to Jango Fett not really being a Mandalorian, saying that he just wore the armor. Yeah. But this this kind of c- corrected that and said that he was a foundling. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that he fought just in the like Mandal- in. Mandalorian c- uh, Civil War. That brings a lot of EU stuff into canon, too, because yeah. there were comic book threads of his father as a child watching his parents get murdered by the warring factions on Mandalore um, and watching him escape and being taken in by the true Mandalorians who were in opposition to Death Watch, right. who were the ones that took in Din Djarin. So they are actually taken in by different clans, right. um, which I'm sure is n- probably not going to be a big deal, because how would that get brought up? But yeah, yeah I mean, I- in past iterations, um, Boba Fett's armor was not made of Beskar, and they've changed that. They said it was Beskar. Right. Uh, it, it was, uh, was it Dur- Durasteel or whatever the, you know, it was not Beskar. Yeah. Um, so that's different. But it, it was just so cool to get, like, the to get the Django line about making his way through the fucking galaxy yeah. made me, like, literally choke just, up just a little like bit. Just like my I was like, father. I was like yeah. oh, my God. And then the the line about he was, after everything was said and done, and he pulls up the code, and he goes, look, this family's been in my uh, family for generations. And, of course... Some nerd even larger than myself translated that shit 
and it said like it said like foundling father Django. Um, you know, it showed like the clan, yeah. and it's just oh, wow. it's it was so fucking cool. The, there, there's so many good things in this fucking episode, and I'm sorry to to cut you off. Oh no, I I was sorry. Um, just even the way that he says Boba Fett, like when he pronounced he like pronounces his Boba. name, yeah, in like in like a weird little way, like he has like a little little stank on it. I'm like, I love it so much. Yeah, I wish I could pronounce it like that, so I would do it every single time, but I can't. Well, I I I'm um, remember I was I instantly remembered his father calling to him from Attack of the Clones, and yeah. I'm pretty sure he said it the same way. Yeah, yeah he says like Boba. Boba. Yeah, yeah, Boba. Yeah, it, it, this um, is me. Boba Fett. You're like, are you from Gabon, bro? Because you sound, you sound like you might be from West Africa a little bit. I like it. I I, I like that that flavor in the, in the pronunciation there. A little stank. Uh, also, while like I know we gotta we gotta wind it up here soon, but um, dude, having Robert Rodriguez direct this episode was a fantastic choice. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Say what you will about about him as a writer, but this dude does action so fucking well. Uh, and, oh, so tasty! Yeah, and like th- there isn't. I, I know, like I'm, I'm not usually one who's like like gushing over cinematography. I'm usually more stuck on like a na- the narrative. Uh, but it's like there's there's so many shots in this where I like I just like again like the boulder rolling down like that that single that single oh dude fuck it's just like all, all the action in this was shot so well. Uh, there were a lot of fast cuts, but none of them felt sloppy to me. It all felt like no, no. It, it all felt entirely necessary. I, I didn't feel like you know, we talked about it before, uh, like back I think episode four of this season about how like there was the one shot of the of the tie fighter coming around and about how it was one singular shot about how the bikes dropping it was one shot instead of multiples. And you you would talk Derek about how sometimes when there's too many quick cuts, it looks more amateurish to you. Yeah. And since we've had that conversation, I've been paying more attention to the things I watch for the cuts, like more than more so than I usually would have. Okay, thank you, babe. No problem, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, and in, in this one, man, like I was paying close attention. I watched this episode three fucking times already. Like, th- like I watched it twice that I did air, and then yeah. I watched it again last night. And dude, it was just—it's e- everything it, felt so perfect, man. It the almost action, comes down to like, when, yeah, when you do like quick cuts in an action sequence, it's almost like when the degree difference between the cuts is too great. That's yeah. when you get kind of like, what the fuck? Like it gets, it kind of gives yeah. you a headache a little bit. If it's just this slight thing to show a different angle, like he's yeah, now he's yeah. looking this way to shoot someone. It's not that bad, but I agree that like the, the, uh, the two shots that like shine to me were first when he first lands and you turn around and like the stormtrooper is looking up at him and he's just like this towering yes! fucking yeah, dude. force dude was so good, dude. It was framed so fucking well. And yeah. then of course, the one where he shoots down the ship, it falls into the other one, and Razzy turns around and faces the camera. They fucking explode in the background. Oh my god, dude! It was so yeah. good. That was that was the fucking Boba Fett money shot. Like yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm, I was almost like, okay, guys, I get it. You try to make him look badass. He's like, should tap me behind me because I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, but, but he but he also admitted he's like, yeah, I didn't. I wasn't even for that one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was yeah, for yeah. the other one. Yeah, but but that's I was all, like, oh, okay. It's also kind of cool because they showed him be extremely unlucky. You know what I mean? Like, like the hair. Like, we always, we always shit on Boba Fett for getting knocked off by a blind guy, but that was dumb luck. That was just bad luck on his part and good luck on on uh, Han Solo's part that he managed to hit him in a way that set the jetpack off and sent him flying into the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. And here we see luck play out in his favor instead of against him. You know, and it's just I thought it was just kind of cool to show that like he he is a very like technically he is a great fighter. He's a badass. He's a marksman, but also that with all those with all those things going on though, it's still like. Luck of the draw, baby. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, anything, anything can happen. Still, 
it, yeah. I, I thought that was kind of like in a way like a subtle nod to like him being beaten in the way that he was before wasn't in any way an indicator of his skill set or his level you know what i mean like because a lot a lot of times it's we we've done it ourselves we, we brought it up and dogged on him for it about how he did nothing yeah but it just you know just random random luck yeah and random i mean I, I can go i can go like 10 minutes past eight that's not a big deal because i did want to actually give some generic thoughts on the the turd that is fat man but i have there's a couple things i have to go over so uh Whereas we were talking early on in the season about how there was a couple filler episodes, the last two episodes, there has been not a lick no. of filler. They have been nothing but juicy, juicy Star Wars meat, and I have been fucking in love with it. There was so little. F- everything matters right now. Everything yeah. happening is fucking yeah. important. And I, it, I when, when the episode started and he was like, we're here, we're at Tython, I was like. Yes, thank you for not yeah, doing another yeah. like st- like stowaway adventure or some and, random and shit like that. And that's the thing; that's how it should have been for this entire season. Like, like y- you can do one offs in between, but it it shouldn't be forty minutes to get. I don't want to watch the journey to the destination every single fucking time. Yeah, and that's kind of what it's been. It seems I, like that's done now, though. It seems yeah, like they yeah. got that out of the way so that they could just have all lean meat moving yeah. forward. Yeah, because this is eight episodes like the first season, right? So, and I have a pretty, uh, pretty basic outline in my head of what I think is going to happen. So it, it's pretty clear to me. So he looks up Bill Burr. What a fucking surprise. Yeah. Mayfeld. Oh, so excited. So yeah. excited for next week, I, boys. I had no inkling that he would ever show up again. I thought he was just a guest cameo. And now that he's like, I need to get this guy out of jail. I need him. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's getting the fucking band together. Yep. So yeah. he's probably going to go back and ask Ahsoka to help out. He's going to be like, they have the child. I need your fucking help. Um, I think it's going to be like assembling the fucking squad next episode. And yeah. then episode eight is probably going to be the Cobb, giant battle yeah. to get Cobb Vanth you know, maybe back. coming back. May, yeah. Because mm, mm, he I said, hope. I, I hope I hope we maybe he brings Cobb Vanth back. I, I feel like he that's what they did in the first season. They introduced a bunch of characters and then they all kind of came together at the end. So. Hopes, I very much, yeah. Hopes and dreams for a scene where Cobb Vanth and Boba Fett are in the same room, and Cobb Vanth just looks them up and down, and says something along the lines of, "I used to be my armor, you know, like so, something along, <laughs> something, something along, like something along those lines, where like he has no idea that it was Boba Fett's for for generations." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, so Baby Yodes, aka Grogu, on the stone, uh, obviously used powers to call out to somebody. So it seems it would Ooh. seem like he made the decision. To reach out mm-hmm. i feel like we're gonna find out who that is at the end of probably the season probably like the the the, the stinger shot on the fucking season is gonna be whoever I, he called out to I, i've heard some theories okay i've heard some theories that i don't think are gonna come to pass but that i wish would uh, okay and if if i, I don't want to end up pushing fat man so I'm, I'm gonna try to keep it real short uh yeah, I'd hate to, uh, to take up the Fat Man time with something we really enjoyed, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm also down to summarize Fat Man by just saying it's bad. Don't run it. It's very bad. Yeah, no, I, I, I was I was prepared to to use our one, two, three shit and turn it into a one, two, three. Fuck that movie. Okay. And that's just the end of the podcast <laughs> yeah, because yeah. fuck, you know, it's not good. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the, we, we've, we've, t- we've talked about the obvious that or, you know, it could be uh, Luke Skywalker. Uh there's another Jedi that you had mentioned last week from Ezra. Rebels. Ezra. Rebels, yeah. Uh, but there's also, there, there's rumors that it could be Mace Windu. We never, like, you know what I mean? Like, we've talked about it before that when you want to kill somebody off, you show them die. Like, we, yeah. we, we made that argument before. Well, um, I mean, Boba Fett's the prime example. He's right yeah. here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, old man Mace Windu coming back could be the coolest fucking thing ever. It really could You know be. what's 
You know what's funny? I just saw a video of theories about how he could have survived. Yeah. And uh, that, that would be well, cool. Because we've seen Luke fall from fucking Cloud City. Like, yeah. hundreds of stories and just hits the bottom of that tube without breaking just a single right bone. Angle. Just right. Yeah. Just right. Yeah, like, like just he's on a fucking water down. slide at Dorney Park, only there's less human feces <laughs> in the water. Uh, I, by, by the way, guys, if your family ever took you to Dorney Park and Wild Water Kingdom as a kid, or Hershey Park, I'm sorry that you're poor and you, you didn't go to Six Flags and your parents never oh told God. you. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that you have hepatitis. Because yeah, yeah. you yeah, clearly have here. hepatitis. Um, no, but an, another one is Cal Kestis. Oh, right. We have... Oh, shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, Cal... Like, obviously, Cal Kestis would be much older by now? Because how long after the rule... I mean, it's... 10 years after Order 66 is when, like, 10 to 15 years after, because he's, he's a little eight-year-old kid, yeah. uh, he's, a, he's a Padawan when Rule six, when Order 66 is executed in uh, Fallen Order. I'm not sure how old yeah. he's supposed to be canonically when Jedi Fallen Order takes place. I, my guess would be, like, uh, mid-20s? I just looked it up. Well, the, I looked up the range of the game. Fallen Order occurs five years after Anakin becomes Vader, so he would oh. be an adult, for sure, because yeah. he was through the whole original trilogy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um... So yeah, yeah. Um, so five years after Vader, so yeah. Um, I mean, Cal Kestis could be. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if it tracks. Thirties, forties, maybe. Uh, you know. Well, I mean, he's he's a like young that. actor. I don't know if it would track at all, but. Uh, you know, they've also made it made it known that Jedi Fallen Order is going to be a trilogy of games, and we've never right. had we've never had a Star and Wars. I can't fucking wait. We've I never did had not a, that. That's yeah, excellent to hear. Yeah, yeah. We've we've never had a Star Wars game that's its own self contained story. That's also entirely canon until fallen order i don't think in the new in the new disney right is that correct no fallen order is canon yeah no, that's what i'm saying fallen order is the first one in the new disney canon that is canon right, oh, right, right. Uh, but also dark dark forces is officially well parts of it are officially kind of. canon now too with the dark troopers. yeah yeah which were also kind of interesting yeah but also like uh, a, a lightsaber is going to cut right through them bitches you might as well just just Put jetpacks on stormtroopers. Like, what the fuck are you so, wasting all that money for? I, I did still lightsaber it. fodder, baby. Apparently, their their like outer shell is lightsaber resistant. Oh, I don't so know what that. Best I don't know. I don't think it's Beskar. It, it's I don't know what it would be to be honest with you. I didn't dig into what the material was, but it said resistant. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I mean, you have to hit it at like the joints or something, right? I heard a really cool theory. So, end of the episode. Mando goes to the, the oh the fucking the Razor Crest got demolished so now they're all hanging out in the Slave One so much cool shit happened upgrade! in this episode what was that oh, I said upgrade but I shouted oh. like an asshole <laughs> 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 uh, so he picks up the Beskar spear so now he's got this Beskar spear and Beskar can stop lightsabers mm -hmm. and I heard a really cool theory that the final battle in the series might be two people it might be Moff Gideon with a dark saber. So two people who are not force users yeah. in a battle with, that involves a light, like a lightsaber, like the dark saber mm -hmm. versus him with the best car spear. Yeah. And I'd be super fucking down if the show went out kind of low key like that. Like, obviously, the battle probably wouldn't be low key at all. But the fact like having two non force wielders in, in a, it, it would be true to the tone of the show where they they've done some cool shit. And they've had some bombastic cameos, I would say, yeah. but they don't ever make it about those larger than life characters. They keep it on Mando and the kid. One thing is that Mando doesn't have a definitive, like arch nemesis. Like, like they, like Moff Gideon is a, is a villain, but they, they, right. they, up until now, up until Grogu, aka Kid, aka Baby Yoda, has been kidnapped. There's been no personal stakes 
involving Moff Gideon, aside from them being like, yo, fuck that guy. And he like yeah. he fucks up yeah. he fucks up his, his Imperial TIE or his uh, what is it? TIE Interceptor, was it? Yeah, uh I forget. It's TIE Defender, maybe? TIE Defender. It was like it was a weird one. Um Aside aside from that, that's that's the only interaction they've had face to face. Like that was that standoff in the town. And you don't hear Mando talk about him once since then. Like Mando's never like, what happened to that guy? You know what I mean? Um, but i did think it was really cool that that i think it was like midway through season one we watched that little that little red-faced alien whose species i don't know the name of plant the beacon on the razor crest and now like what seven episodes eight episodes later we're seeing that come to fruition seeing that play itself out like that was really fucking that was a slow burn with a big payoff yeah that was really fucking absolutely That's what happens when you have one person or one or two people in charge of the story arc for an entire series, as opposed to the entire prequel trilogy, where it was a fucking cluster nightmare (laughs) because they didn't put one person in charge of the whole fucking thing. You can't plant seeds and have them pay off later if you hand every new movie off to someone else with no one paying attention. That's anyway. So (laughs) I just wanted to propose I wanted to see what you guys thought uh, about. um uh, Grogu and his uh, channeling of the force energy, whatever he was sending the signal out. Do we think that he unlocked the memories that he's missing? Because it seemed like when he was on that ship where before, like, oh, right. Every time yeah, he yeah. uses his force powers, it's like in a time of dire need or just like accidentally. And it seemed and he like was fucking he, them he up. had intent. He was like, fuck you guys. Yeah, yeah. Like he was trying to do that. As so, much as the end, I'm sorry to cut you off. As much as the end of that scene is super sad because he's all tired and and you're like, oh, he's whimpering. Uh, he fucks them up. I mean, yeah. he's grabbing two at a time, just the throwing them choke. against each other. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. Uh, the double force choke. That's skiing, I, baby. I would. I, I, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I just imagined a porn star that has the force and she like force jerks people off from across right, the room. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knowingly, you're at the grocery yeah. store and you're just like, uh, uh. <laughs> it, it, never mind. That, that's it's too oh. weird. Too weird. I'm not even doing it. I'm not even doing it. Um, oh, my M count. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, bringing it back. Um, um, I, I, I was I was gonna say that like as far as like uh, Baby Yoda towards the end, there, I feel like he had just tapped into this anger. He was he knew. We've seen him in the last few episodes be way more aware of his surroundings, or at least we're acknowledging it now. Like it, it was hard to gauge what his mental capacity was before he was always just like a little kid playing with stuff and being very reactionary to, to life and death situations, like stopping, stopping the fire of the grenade uh, yeah. in episode seven of season one, lifting yeah. up, lifting up the, the mud horn. Yeah. But now, but now we see him like tapped into like anger. He's furious. He knows he's been kidnapped. He knows he's with bad people and he's just, he's beating the shit out of them because he's so full of anger, which is also very foretelling of what Ahsoka said last episode about. Yeah. About, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, 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 I don't think they're gonna do. They're gonna go down that path, but they have this cute little cultural pop culture icon turn into a, a Sith. Because like, also, it would be the most adorable little Sith of all time. Like, who's not gonna? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's also <laughs> cool that they're doing it though, at, like as like a possibility because it just shows like, oh, just because he's one of the same species as like yeah. the ultimate Jedi yeah. you know, of all time, it doesn't mean that he's not uh, susceptible to those like young Jedi impulses of like, right. hey, fuck you, actually. Yeah. He's not a, um, he's not that a demigod, cool. you know, and yeah. that was one of the things I actually liked about um, one of the only things I liked about Rise of Skywalker is when she, they're they're fighting over hold on Chewbacca's ship and she just gets mad and like the lightning comes out. She's not even thinking about it. She's just like yeah. something just happens. Um, I thought it was a cool way to illustrate like that. Not every 
uh, person who becomes a Sith is like an active choice that they make, like when they're calm. It's like usually yeah, something right. that happens when they're enraged and they don't have like their, yeah. you know, all of their agency. So I think showing him do that double force choke was like, oh, OK, cool. So they're, they're showing that like everybody is is capable of like sort of giving into those urges. Yeah. I mean, also, you know, Luke force choked the Gamorrean guard and return yeah. of the Jedi. And he was pretty much good side at that point. Like it's always like a gray area for like, obviously it's much more like tied to the dark side, but yeah, it's been wobbled between both sides here yeah. and there. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. The episode was, was fucking phenomenal. Uh, like start to finish. I, I can't say enough good shit, but Fennec Shand, we got the confirmation that that was Boba Fett in season one. Way back in season one, when Fennec Shan first showed up, yeah, yeah, and there's this mysterious footsteps walking up to her. Now we know it's Boba Fett saving her life, who she now owes a life debt to. Yeah, and uh, now to start getting the band together, so to speak, for the for the finale, uh, Boba, being a good fucking dude, says, "I told you, as giving the armor back, like I would help you get the baby. So I would help make sure he was safe, and because he's, I'm gonna help you get him back, basically." And you're like, "Oh, fucking." What, shit what code is he adhering to but, but like I, I don't know mandalorian code maybe but he's not really a mandalorian is he honor code i, well, I mean, mean bounty hunters scouts, do, scouts honor bounty bounty hunters do have a, a code of of honor that nah, he's still a wee below he hasn't gotten to boy scouts yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the, the bounty hunters do have like a, i would think like some kind of you know guild code or something yeah, i mean yeah but but also but, uh in in season or sorry in episode two of this season they they kind of uh, with the frogly, like she, she brings up that he had given his word, that Mandalorian had given his word, and she heard they always keep their word. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. true. So it it could be something along those lines, even though he doesn't. Uh, he says himself, like I don't something about I don't claim loyalty to anybody, or I don't whatever he fucking says. Yeah, uh, but like something, something loyalty. Boba, Boba Fett says that little throwaway Boba. line. Boba <laughs> Fett says that that little line, like I don't, I claim, I claim allegiance to no one, or something like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, still, he's he's a he was raised by someone who was raised by the Mandalorians, and I'm yeah. sure I'm sure just in 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 a way to even just honor his father's memory, he would want to right live, by he, by proxy, yeah, by, I by get proxy, you, I get he, he would want to yeah by proxy, he would want to live his life the way that he saw his father live his own, and the way that his father told him he should live his life because Boba was with him through all that shit and like literally watched him die at the hands of Mace Windu, which again, if Mace Windu comes back, that's the man who killed Boba Fett's father. I was just gonna oh, say shit. that. Shit. Oh shit! Yeah, shit I didn't could think get of that. real fucking Drama. crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's could my be. that's my fondest hope. I love Cal Kestis, and now that Shameless is over, that handsome young gentleman could use another franchise to ride the coattails of until he's in his mid thirties. Um, but also Samuel L. Jackson, man, I'd love to see that bad motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, well, well, Sam J has said in the past, like he's like, yo, if you want me to do Windu again, oh, absolutely, you can make yeah. me be a cyborg or something. He's like, I'll do it. Like I want to do it yeah. again. Yeah. He was the best. One of the best parts about the trilogy. One of, one of the yeah, best actors. Good. Him, him, McGregor, and uh, and fucking old angry guy always wants to kill someone. Uh, okay. Liam Neeson. Oh, uh, <laughs> him. Like, eh. McGregor, Neeson, and Jackson were the best part about the the. And I, I love Natalie Portman. I love her, but she can only act so well when she's staying. Oh uh, no, cut out of she a was young guy. she was not good in the prequels. No, no. no but, but 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 look no. look, look, who she, look at who she was bouncing lines off of. You mean the mannequin that was supposed to be Anakin Skywalker? Yeah, mannequin Skywalker. Mannequin Skywalker. Ah! Oh, shit. That's oh, episode, episode title. title. Oh, shit, that's episode title. All right, mannequin so it's, Skywalker. it's mannequin Skywalker, and it's John Cena cardboard cutout peeking out from behind a corner of Solid Snake. Um, 
Okay, so do you guys? I mean, if you guys are okay with it, I'm totally fine writing off the entirety of Fat Man by literally doing our count live on the podcast and saying "fuck Fat Man" to the shit. Yeah, are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. There's not much to say. I was on my phone the entire fucking movie. Yeah, so yeah. Bad. Your, your your time would be better spent getting a prostate exam. That at least you know you don't have any kind of cancer going on. Up there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I would rather watch spend Fat an Man, hour thirty minutes with a man knuckle deep in my butthole than than watch <laughs> Fat Man again. <laughs> Walter Goggins, bro. He, he he's born to play shit tier villains, and he fucking knows it. And I kind of admire that, but he's god awful. This movie had had all the right bits and pieces to be clever and funny and ultra violent. And it's just it's just Walter Goggins looking for him for an hour and fifteen minutes. And when he I finds know, him, it's dude. When he finds him, it's so like underwhelming. A, a fifteen minute standoff. Where you're just like, is this over yet? And then you find out that he couldn't, there was no real stakes because Santa apparently just can't be fucking killed. Yeah. Like he just gets, he's, he's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, also no, the part was, that I loved though was where he was in the pet shop and he's like, you remind me of my mother. She never knew when to shut the fuck up either. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, dude. One, was like, okay. shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like the cat, the casting was good. They, I feel like they played the parts well. Just the script wasn't there. The dialogue wasn't bad. But uh, this, the kid was all god awful. Yeah, his, he was his acting and his dialogue, or his yeah. yeah, his acting and the dialogue itself was fucking horrible. I mean, I found I found him very accurate in his portrayal of an unbearable little cunt. But that's yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. But but again, like like you said, he, you, were, you were on your he phone. He wasn't acting. You were on your phone. I, I came home from like a twelve hour shift and watched it at like four in the morning. Uh, I, I may have I may have rubbed one out at one point too while <laughs> on my phone when I got bored in the middle. I don't. I can't remember. I can't say for certain. Uh, but it's, it's, if there were any rope shed, they were not in relation to the movie, though. It was a terrible movie. <laughs> just, there, there is something to be said about, like, regardless of how, how much of a fall from grace Mel Gibson has taken, and rightfully so, because he's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, we've all said that. We, there's no love lost here. Like, he's he's a kind of a piece of shit. Uh, he is a good actor because he d- does a lot with a with a little bit of material yeah. here. And I like Derek said something in chat. He was like, I just want Gibson to like lull me to sleep. And I'm like, his voice is so good. Yeah. Real good. He man. clearly thought that this movie like it was misrepresented to him because he was way oh, too enthusiastic. He like really acted it well. And like, <laughs> yeah, there is a couple lines where I'm like, that wouldn't have worked if anybody else said it. Like, yeah. good on you yeah. for being a good fucking actor. But also the fact that everyone called him fat man the entire time. just like, I know. Like, like I the, want the I want the fat man. Yeah, I hate when I hate when like, like a movie I hate when a movie like I hate when a movie says its name in dialogue, and this one did it like eight times. Every time I was like, oh yeah. no, yeah, You're like fat like Wilford Brimley. Like I don't understand which which yeah. fat guy are you talking about? I'm <laughs> like, sorry, like, we bring him up a lot. Yeah, yeah we do. We like yeah, him. He's our yeah. bud. We miss him dearly. Yeah, the bad boy of the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I I wasn't kidding. We're gonna do. Behind the scenes, one, two, three, fuck Fat Man, because that's exactly how I feel about it. So before we sign off, um, you can find us at the Schmeg Nerd on Twitter, S-H-M-E-G Nerd. Um, you can find us at Facebook.com slash The Cynical Nerd. You can ask us to ask us a question on Twitter with hashtag AskTCN if we fuck something up, if you want to correct us. Or if you uh, if you think Derek's top knot is attractive, then you can hit us up with the <laughs> hashtag fuck TCN. Um, we all stream on various platforms well derek and i on one platform scott has br- since branched out you can find me Barely. uh chris <laughs> on twitch and twitter at tcn plays uh, scott how about you uh i'm on uh twitch facebook gaming and youtube uh swearwolf s-w-e-a-r-w-o-l-f-e that is swearwolf with an e uh yeah we, we, like you said we've been doing uh streams together every wednesday night around around 8 to 9 p.m usually start so yeah, been a lot of fun. 
super fun. Derek, how about you? And you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Dr. Gloom MD. That's D-R-G-L-O-O-M-M-D. But I pretty much only stream with these two fellows at this point. So, <laughs> but you can hit my Twitter for sure. That's yeah. a win for me. <laughs> All right. So that little, little behind the scenes action here. Every time we record, we have to, for production purposes, we have to line them up. I have to give a countdown. We typically say shit. I have a whole lot of a B-real footage of Derek saying shit in various tunes. And one right. day we'll release it upon the world. So today, in honor of just how piss poor this movie was, we're going to use fuck fat man as our phrase. I'm going to three, two, one, fuck fat man. So uh, here, here we go. And I guess afterwards we'll, we'll say goodnight. So three, two, one, fuck, fuck fat, fat man. man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, have a good night. See you.